and welcome to A Peek Beneath the Veil, the podcast edition. If you are enjoying our D&D adventure, you can always support the show by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com slash tabletopnotch. There, you will be able to find all kinds of perks as our way of saying thank you. And if you really like us, be sure to stock up on our official Tabletop Notch merchandise at tabletopnotch.myshopify.com. It's all very exciting stuff. But now, allow Orba to take you away into a world of mystery with this week's episode of A Peek Beneath the Veil. In chapter 35, yeah. eat your heart out. <laughs> Jillian defused the situation with the lock of Fuyu by claiming that Graven was unwell, using some kind of magic to partially obstruct the cleric's connection to his god so he could regain control of his faculties. With much trepidation, the leader of the Acolytes withdrew his men and allowed us to be on our way with a word of warning that they would not hesitate to attack if we crossed paths again. As we rode north, Jillian confronted Graven about this incident, but it was less of a scolding than a practical assessment of whether or not he could be relied upon in the coming days. The rest of the group shared some concerns about Graven's well-being, but there was little to be found in the way of answers or explanations. With the path leading to higher elevations, the party reached a large crater that Jillian had anticipated as a natural landmark, though she briefly doubted her own sense of direction as the crater did not have the appearance she was anticipating. Instead of an arid basin, we were met with a lush, overgrown rainforest its vegetation unlike anything we'd seen in the mountains thus far. Taking an alternate route meant significant backtracking and possibly bumping into the agents of the Lakafuyu once more, so we gritted through our apprehension and vowed to pass through the jungle as quickly as possible. Immediately as we entered, there were unusual signs of activity, animals confused by the plant life, flowers that seemed to be tracking Erlen's movement, and pressure building inside of potion bottles. After reaching a central clearing with the ground covered in a thin layer of moss, we noticed an enormous fern-like plant wrapped around what appeared to be an elven man. Jillian recognized the hood that he was wearing as the uniform for those working in the laboratories of the harvesting yard, information she'd acquired prior to leaving Mukmu from her confidant, Kelsetra. Believing that this person might have something in their possession pertinent to the scouting mission, Erland and Sephira Whoa, my screen went crazy. <laughs> Erland and Sephira tried <laughs> to approach without disturbing the fern, but as Sephira reached for a small pouch that the elf was clutching in its left hand, she inadvertently snapped off a part of the plant, triggering a hostile response that forced <laughs> us into combat. Our floor foe proved to be tremendously resilient, drawing power from its long fronds to protect its inner core, but with a satisfying jab of Erland's quarterstaff, he pierced through to the soft interior and brought the plant to a wilting halt. In addition to the elf's uniform, which may prove useful at a later time, we found on the body a brass key and a severed hand that appeared to have strands of mycelium growing from the palm. We didn't know what to make of this, but it felt it was important for deciphering what was happening at the harvesting yard, and we packed up to continue through the jungle, though not before Erland, ignoring warnings and pleas from the party, consumed a part of the felled fern after experiencing an overwhelming feeling of hunger. The next milestone on our journey was a series of hot springs, high in the mountains, which proved a bit of welcome relaxation after an eventful morning. 
Erland recruited Orba to sit down with Jillian and discuss their findings from the Natural <laughs> Studies Institute, the details of which she was less than thrilled to discover had been kept from her up to this point. The three of them mulled over how all of these pieces might connect. The Walls of Force, the Lemonade Man, Marvin Bishop's pumping machines, but determined that until we got a good look at what exactly was happening inside this camp, <laughs> many of our questions would remain unanswered. With the steam rising around us, breathing in the warm, moist air, we wondered. What events had led to the dismal fate of the elven man in the forest, who was possibly a former employee of the harvesting yard? Would Erland and Graven's conditions make them a liability as we began to scout the camp? And was Orba's attention to detail about to be put to the test as she attempts to recreate her torn map from memory? We find out now on chapter 36 of A Peak Beneath the Veil. For a few quiet moments, the perils of the Shocky Mountains fade into the recesses of your minds. The rising steam creates a blanket of warmth that seems to lift you up and hold you down at the same time. A vaporous cradle that soothes muscles, relieves tension, and loosens clods of dirt stuck in hair and between toes. Mm. The series of cascading ponds provides a stunning view to the east, a vast expanse of sheer rock faces of a reddish color that protrude sharply into the sky, one after the other, like petrified ocean waves. It's Sephira that notices the first bit of movement not belonging to the party, or to one of the horses munching on dry grass while lightly swishing its tail. What first appeared to be water trickling off to the side away from the pools, now starts to move in a winding manner, revealing itself to be a large snake, with shining black scales and little in the way of markings other than a few golden-brown streaks above its eyes. It slithers in the direction of Sephira's backpack, which she's set aside some 10 to 15 feet away, tongue flicking, and rearing up slowly so it can get a closer look at where Taboo's recurve is leaning against your bag. You see the blue mist, radiating from the bowstring and begin to form an ethereal wolf's head, a wolf that you recognize, taboo from the forest. Mm. Nose first, then ears and its lower jaw, and it clenches into a growl, staring the snake directly in the eye. It's the serpent that flinches first, retreating to a prone position and then slithering away, causing the wolf's head to dissipate back into the weapon it came from. Ooh. There's little time to compliment, comp contemplate what she's just seen as Jillian peers over the edge of the uppermost spring, drying her feet and her hands with a rag. I think it's about time for us to get moving. Everyone dry off, take a moment, pack up, and then we'll head out. I want to reach our final encampment before it's completely dark. Jillian sort of goes about packing up some of her things. She had a number of her notes out. She starts <clears> to put in order, get into her saddle bags. You have a moment here as you're sort of drying off, cleaning up. Anything anyone wants to accomplish? Uh, <coughs> Erlen's going to take out... Um, no one's like around, right? Like, I could since the You, like, you each went to a different of... pool except Sephira and Bazaar. Yeah, yeah, sharing the pool. So yeah, you're a little distant. So yeah, I'm going to take out the um, serpent venom I got from Grimari's office, <clears> um, <throat> and I'm going to poison uh, three darts. So I'm going to sort of take them pretty meticulously, get in there, and, 
and set put them in a separate <laughs> yeah. so you're not digging yeah, yeah, through yeah, your darts you do so um, anything else as people are sort of rising relaxing no um, I have that key around my you head. do yeah, all the yeah I'm just going to take it off and just give it a better look at it since we were kind of in a rush before. Sure, yeah, you give it a good look. Do I notice anything There aren't any kind it? of markings. The the end of the key, not the sort of part that you put into the mm-hmm. lock, it kind of has a little looping clover shape, but it's not a symbol that you recognize. Okay. And the only thing that strikes you again is that it, it's, it's very small. Like, it right. doesn't seem like it would be to a door. Again, it would be to a small chest, locket, something, small, for a small bird cage, maybe? Like, it's that small. It's pretty okay. tiny. I'm just going to put it back on and then get up and start putting my boots back on. Sure. Um, as I'm putting on my, my like left boot, can I take a, uh, a close look at the ring as well? I, just remind me, are there any markings on it, or is it pretty plain? I think it was pretty plain, yeah. yeah. I don't think there was okay. any markings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just put my boots on. I'm just going to go over to the bow and kind of run my hand along it. You run your hand along it, and as you do so, it kind of... And she's going to kind of gently, like, (laughs) loop it kind of over her shoulder now, and then put her bag up. Everyone packs up. And Jillian, as you guys are sort of heading back to the horses, putting your things back in the saddlebags, she speaks. I have a spot in mind. There's a rather expansive forest lingering below the tree line that we're going to find a uh, spot to cozy up in. Now, it's nothing like the jungle we just passed through. The trees are actually spaced fairly far apart, but it's enough to keep us hidden from the distance. And after tonight, we won't be spending much time there anyway. Because we cannot be seen from far off, we should assume the same for others as we are approaching. From that forest is still a few hours on foot to the harvesting yard, but I don't know what kind of perimeter they've set up in terms of scouting, watching... So if they have scouts that poke out into the nearby areas, we should be careful. If you see someone on horseback who takes one look at you and then rides off, you have my permission to chase them within reason. We should also assume, unless we have compelling evidence to suggest otherwise, that anyone that we cross paths with at this point could be associated, and maybe we should assume they are associated with the harvesting yard. Any other questions? We don't know which direction the Lakafuyu came from, do we? I don't, unless you have an idea of that. <clears throat> they said they were hopping from sort of Black Lion hotspot to Black Lion hotspot. I'm not sure where the other one was that they were coming from. I just would hope that they haven't agitated too many people on our path. On the other hand, if they're attacking obelisks, we'll be nowhere near those, so if it's drawing the attention, I have no complaints. That's true. If we do bump into somebody, are we attacking on sight? Yes. Again, unless you have compelling evidence to suggest otherwise. Understood. See, perhaps if we recognize anybody, we would bring it up right away. Of course. This far into the woods, I, I would think so, yes. I would think that's unlikely, but if it happens, definitely let us know. Definitely. All right, saddle up, everyone. She starts to get up. You guys do the same, one time. Who's sharing? Jillian seems like she's gonna grab a horse and lead. Who's sharing here? I'll grab, uh, I'll like actually ride, like ride the horse this time, so I'll hop on a horse. Okay. 
or drive the horse. I would like to drive a horse as well. Take the reins. Off, <laughs> if anyone wants to hop Take off. the reins. Um, <laughs> I'll hop on back of Beezy's. Uh, how many? There's one horse left, right? and someone There's, has to share. Oh, okay. Or or more 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 dollars. <laughs> You're welcome to join. I'm me. riding with Graven. <laughs> Come on. Smart. And the group saddles off. Saddles up. Saunters off. Leaving behind the comfort of the springs to embrace the chaos of the Shocky Mountains once more. Jillian pushes the horses to a slightly accelerated gait, and the party responds in kind. Horses spreading out across a wide field that rises and falls with little more than twigs and grasses underfoot. Light crunching and stomping to go with the miles and miles of undisturbed wilderness stretching out before you. Hours pass, and the late afternoon combined with an increased presence of clouds overhead kind of gives the mountains a kind of comfortable, even light that makes everything kind of come into focus all at once. Sharp edges of the peaks and soft tree clumps and clusters casting minuscule shadows, breathing in the breeze like sleeping lambs curled up in the grass. Jillian seldom stops to orient herself, makes headway toward a rising slope that, after a few hundred feet or so, is wrapped in a layer of tall pointed trees that tapers off as the ground reaches higher elevation, giving the appearance of wearing a sort of timbered scarf around this peak. She checks the sky, and with twilight setting in to give the atmosphere a pinkish glow, she sets off at a controlled gallop, and you can hear the two beats of the horses turning to four. As she moves ahead, picks up speed. You reach the forest, and even before you start moving between the trees, it's obvious why they're spaced apart, as Jillian had described. Despite mostly branchless trunks for the first 20 feet or so, a good portion of their roots lie partially above ground, these sort of thick, hardened-over spirals that butt up against each other, and other root systems, they create this sort of base layer of nooks and crannies that seem to be daring you to try and not roll an ankle as you move through. Jillian gets up to the edge and she dismounts. She starts to, without a word, guide her horse underneath this conifer canopy sort of pine-looking trees. Though it offers some resistance, the horse does, as it looks for kind of solid, flat surfaces. It sort of... And then finally, with a couple tugs, kind of finds its way in. And you do the same. Dismount. Start to move up. And in addition to sort of bounding over these roots, the party contends with the significant incline, sort of a steady 30 degrees that puts added strain on your backs and your calves. You trudge forth sweating even with the chilly air around you, until dusk has almost enveloped the woods to a point where you've followed each other, kind of based more on sound than sight. It's getting quite dark. Jillian, attempting to select between the best of what's available to her at this point, she scopes out an area where a fallen log has kind of jammed itself against two tree trunks, this rocky outcropping creating kind of L shape into the hillside that is a little flatter than the rest of it. It's far from luxury, but it's a place to sit where you can drop your backpack without worrying about them tumbling down the dark hillside into the darkness. And there's kind of a general group <sighs> sigh as you realize that the bedrolls are going to be laid out on this sort of uncomfortable mixture of rock and scratchy grass. And Jillian sort of plunks down, pulls a bag down from the horse, and plops it in her lap. And she motions for the rest of the party to kind of take a seat on this 
log that's sort of fallen and at the end of this little flat patch. Yeah, Orba quickly does so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After everyone finds a spot, she speaks low and focused. Sephira, do you still have one of those veils you took from the Black Line Mule? Yes. Do me a favor and wrap a stone or a stick with it and graven if you could light that item up. Hopefully that should dampen its visibility. Okay, I'm gonna pull the veil out of my bag and is there anything around? Yeah, there's stones. Grab stone. a stone and wrap it. Sure. And again, the veil sort of wrapping it multiple times. It gives off enough light that the shadows kind of come up on your face, sort of like giving it kind of a campfire feel. Mm. But it has, it's not so bright that, you know, you think from a long distance someone might be able to peek and see. Mm. And Jillian moves into a squat. She kind of gets on her feet. She makes eye contact with each person before she begins again. This is it. About three hours on foot from here. Some combination of the Gentle Void, Black Lion Barbarians, and the Lemonade Man's Lackeys are operating what would seem to be a harvesting yard unlike any other. Mutated creatures, an excess of magical energy, and perhaps something related to these gases that you've heard about on more than one occasion. I'm ready to get some of my questions answered. How about you? Absolutely. Jillian takes out a piece of paper from her bag. Looks like it has a drawing on it. Details hard to make out in this sort of half-light, half-dark. But it looks to be kind of a map of a large body of water. There's a few other kind of markings on it. She places it in the middle. She doesn't seem to be showing it around, but she's referencing it herself kind of in her lap. The camp itself rests in a recessed portion of the mountains, which one would think is ideal for peering into but they run sentries along the perimeter, between three lookout towers, to discourage prying eyes. However, the origin of the river that's being held up by the Wall of Force is a waterfall cascading down from a lake above. This is Lake Golkan. And off the east bank, they've built a floodgate to limit the flow of water from down below. Presumably this was done while the camp was under construction and they were putting the wall of force in place. Stopped the waterfall, put the wall of force in place, and opened it back up. There are two structures on either side of this floodgate, with a catwalk running between them. So this catwalk runs across where the waterfall is. Medium-sized buildings, each of them serving as a sort of office. One of them is kind of an operations depot for the waterway. And the second one is used for storage, as far as my intelligence tells me. But more importantly, this second one, there's a sort of ladder or stairwell leading down to a series of walkways behind the waterfall. They look something like this. She pulls out what look to be a couple sketches that someone's done, one of the scouts that sort of she referenced who was here as it was being constructed. Bring up the sort of... So there are these little pathways that run behind the waterfall. Mm -hmm. These walkways zigzag all the way down to ground level. 
and activity at the floodgate should be light. Seems they don't use it very often now that the wall of force is securely in place. This is our way in. But that is a nighttime activity. Before that, we're going to be focusing on a little surface scouting. Getting a feel for the size and scope of the camp. I would like to know how things run on a typical day. The first building that I mentioned, the Operations Depot, has three floors. The uppermost floor is a living quarters for the floodgate supervisor. Should have a pretty good view of the camp without being exposed to the sentries running along the perimeter. Erland and Orba, we're going to get you to that top floor. You'll spend most of the day up there, alternating between making observations and playing lookout. <clears throat> to get you in, Graven and I will be running interference. After we've provided the necessary distraction, we'll keep an eye out on the outside and signal to you if someone unexpected is approaching or if something's gone wrong. You all with me so far? Yes. Safira and Bizarra have a different kind of task. While one of Cassetra's men was scouting the camp during its construction, he had a little hiding spot in a cave on the far side of the lake. He kept a few things there that he had stolen and was planning on bringing them back, but at some point his presence was detected and he was forced to flee without them. I'd like you to go and see if his things are still there. The items that should be there are a small set of keys that was taken off of a carriage delivering metal construction components. These keys could possibly be two doors, cages, something I think would be useful. The less locks we have to pick or circumvent, the better. <clears throat> the other thing is that there should be a crate containing a number of pairs of gloves. The scout wasn't sure what they were used for, but thought they might be used for handling some kind of hazardous material. We might need to do that, so wouldn't hurt to have those gloves as well. You all with me so far? Yes, ma'am. Excellent. We will aim to reconvene at a spot of our choosing just after sunset. I won't know exactly where until we get up there, but it will likely be close to one of the two buildings. I don't know how accessible the building on the other side will be, the one that has the ladder going down, so we'll have to play that by year, as it were. Does anyone have any questions? The two buildings, are they on opposite sides of the lake, or are they on the same side? They're on opposite sides of the waterfall. Water. So, sort of. Uh, the lake is quite large, but the part where it comes together and goes off the cliff is maybe a couple hundred feet. Catwalk runs between the two of them. Walking all the way around the lake to the other side would take quite a bit of time. So if we can identify a way to get across the catwalk without being seen, or swim, that would be preferable. Once Orb and I get inside, aside from observing out the window and, and, and I assume looking around the living quarters and any other subsequent floors required to get there, how long should we be in there? How long should we be looking for? Really as long as possible, unless it seems like one of the men there is going to be spending an extended period of time up in the living quarters, which I don't anticipate, you will be staying there basically until nightfall. 
just taking notes of comings and goings. I would like to know if carriages arrive, when in the day they typically arrive. I'd like to know when God's change shifts. I'd like to know if the sketch that we have of the camp is relatively accurate, which we have reason to believe it is, but if there's anything that isn't on the map that you can see from up there, that's what I want to know. If someone does come in, should we prioritize hiding or taking down the person? You should definitely prioritize hiding. Assuming that it's the supervisor, which is possible, if someone comes to check in and he's not there, that could be a problem. So I wouldn't attack him unless absolutely necessary. All right. On your way in, I would identify a few potential hiding spots. Beds, wardrobes, crates, anything you can find. Do you know if the landscape near this house is... is um, uh... Are there trees? Is there a lot of foliage that if we had to jump out the window, we could hide in the landscape? It's possible. We'll get a better look once we're up there. My intelligence suggests that there's less trees, but that the terrain is fairly uneven, so there's a good amount of rocks and sort of hills to hide behind. There might be a couple points where you have to make a sprint for it, but we'll see. Okay. Does someone... Was there an invisibility potion? I can't remember. We have one, yes. Who has Who was it that took that? Thank that you. was in the resources that she gave to you guys? Yeah. Just, do we know who has it? Mm, I don't think it's... <laughs> oh, no, it is me. It is me. I'm so sorry, you guys. Sophia's sitting there on the log and she's like... Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is that something we should think about using now or save that for when we have to actually access the camp proper? I would prefer that we save it till we get down there, but Definitely. if necessary, so be it. The other problem with that is it only works for one of you, so... <laughs> We can't make both of you invisible if you're trying to get in that way. Let's save it for the captain. Hopefully that will be the case. If there comes a point where someone's about to detect you and there's only a hiding space for one of you, maybe the other one should drink it. Mm. If you don't mind, um... I'm gonna uh, take it and hand it to Orban. Okay, thank you, Sophia. Jillian, yes. as far as this cave goes, yes. should we expect any visitors there? Was it pretty vacant? Not that I'm aware of. Um, Like I said, it was used as a sort of hiding spot for the scout, and the lake is very, very large. It will probably take you a couple of hours to walk from where we reach the lake to the cave. So that should be well away from anyone related to the camp. Of course, as always, keep your eyes open. But if it was able to hide away some of the goods while he was there, I would imagine it would be fairly... Uninhabited, unless something's happened in that time. Sorry, what did you say happened to him again? The scout? He was just merely, his presence was detected as he was scouting the camp, so he had to run. He didn't have time to go back and get the supplies. Got it. You say it shouldn't be heavily manned. Do you have any idea about numbers? The lake shouldn't be heavily manned. The camp itself could be an entirely different story. The scout was there during its construction, at which time he said there was quite a few, at least, laborers. At this point, there might only be, in addition to the supervisor, perhaps two or three others. The actual buildings and the floodgate itself are not so large that so many people would need to look after it. So the camp itself is only truly visible from this, these living quarters, or is it just the safest? Up at the lake... That's the only real spot, because you can't really look down from the waterfall. 
there are other places to look over and see the camp, but those are the places with the sentry towers, like I mentioned, that they yes. have on horseback scouts riding between them. Once the sentry towers can only see inside the camp, they can't see up. The sentry towers are below the level of the lake and the waterfall. So. All right. Is there a chance the waterfall is now dry, given the wolf's fall spell? You mean they've cut it off completely? Yes. Possible? Unlikely? I think it naturally has a waterfall, so if they were to dam it up and not let the water fall, the lake would continue to fill as it rained. So I would imagine that they let the waterfall run. Like I said, the water is also used to cover up the wall of force so you can't see what's underneath. Right. So I would think unless they were doing something construction-wise, they have incentive to keep the water moving. And how will you and Graven be sneaking us in? Well, we'll figure out a distraction when we get up there. Raven has a lot of experience hunting. How did you draw out prey when you needed to? Well, it depends on the resources in the area, I suppose, but... Uh, I'm sure we have both have ways of making a ruckus. I have a couple of thoughts. We'll see. I believe they have a few boats moored nearby. Damaging the boat in some way could catch their attention. The trick is we don't want to do something too drastic or too obviously caused by another person. Mm-hmm. If we make it look like an accident, they're not likely to Something run and get help. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something time-consuming, but not too obvious. Yes. And after we obtain these items, where would you like us to go with them? Once we get up there, we'll mark a spot for all of us to meet. Horses stay here, yes? Horses are staying here. And do we have a plan for if we should get separated? Return to this camp here, and... Hope that someone else can give you the next step. Otherwise, enjoy a bit of peace here on the hillside. Let's find that meeting spot first. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right. Well, rest up, and then we go. When do we depart? Early in the morning. First light. Three hours walk. Yes. Understood. Is there a chance we run into any trouble on our way there? Again, <laughs> I'm not anticipating it, but... You never know. You never know. And then the plan is to stay up through the night to travel? Yes. Once we meet after dark, hopefully by then we will have identified a way to get to the other building. That will be part of me and Graven's... Uh, so it will be another couple of days before we sleep again? It will be at least another day before we <laughs> sleep again. You know, don't get hurt. (laughs) Right. Mm. All right. Well, we should rest up then. All right. And Jillian starts, she puts some of her stuff kind of back in her bag. She goes to a corner, sort of lays out her bedroll. She sits for a little bit. She doesn't immediately lie down. She seems like she's sort of sitting, pondering, taking a moment to herself. You guys have a moment here in the camp. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I hand out rations to everybody. Sure. I assume we're taking watch as well. Yes. And Jillian kind of hears that and she pipes up. I'll take last watch so I can wake all of you in the morning. She goes back to what she's doing. All right. I can do the first. I'll take second then. Third. Fourth. Okay. I'm last before Jillian. Okie doke. 
you guys have a moment here to discuss anything with each other before you stow, or or we can continue. Oh, <laughs> There's nothing. There's really nothing going on. Each other. Oh God. Sakira. <clears throat> yeah. Our task seems pretty straightforward. Yes. Well, hopefully, as long as we don't run into anything along the way. That's optimistic. I guess. We know what we have to do, and we'll get in there and do it. Nothing has been straightforward since we've known each other. No, sure. does that seem to be her fault? No, I'm simply saying that... Sounded like an accusation. No, not at all. Just... Don't... The priority, obviously, is to not kill anyone if we can. If we sound the alarm, that's going to be a bigger problem. So, hiding, right? First. Huh? Yes. Of course. Mm. Well, but you still have a uh, healing potion? Yes. Oh, oh that's God, actually yes. a good point. I have two currently. Will there be anybody without healing potions once we split up? I well, no longer have one. Do you have any, Sophia? Yeah, I have one. I don't, but I should be able to heal Jillian or myself if it comes to it. That's so true. someone else should take them. Do you have two? I have two, but I give. You have one. I have one. I give one to you and one to you. That way, everybody has a healing potion in that part is of the two. Has one. Well. one. No, we should. You should give. You should keep one for yourself. You should. But keep then they won't have yourself. one. Graven. He I'll can take one if you insist. No, no, no. That's not what you were supposed to say. <laughs> she needs to keep one. She is keeping one. Yeah, Arland has one. Okay. Oh, no. 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 That's okay, not no. the same thing. I'm In so many taking. ways, that's not the same. She had Nothing two. Nothing derails our party like that. <laughs> wanted to give both away. How many potions total do we have? Erlen has this one. This is why people Sophia have physical props, one. so you can hold it. Again. How many potions? And she potions? has two. Both of us have none. No. I... Oh my god. <laughs> that is accurate. Hold up your fingers for how many potions you have. One. There's four total. Great. So we have. So give one to Bizarra and be done with it. Yes. But what I'm saying is that then you two won't have a healing potion. Yes, but what I I'm saying is that you the won't have a healing potion. potion. <laughs> He's saying. a walking healing potion. I am made of healing potion. You are confident that Orba, you will not sweetheart. need a healing potion. Please. And Orba like gives you a very polite stare. I would rather that each of the four of you have one. Especially since we're not going to be around Graven. Yes. Okay. I give one to Bizarra. Thank you, Ola. Mm-hmm. And you've given the invisibility potion over to... Yes, I have that now. Um, also be aware, now that you're not traveling with the horse's saddlebags, I don't know if... Did, did we take the uh, ram? ram? That you will not be able to carry no. with you. And again, Damn yeah, it. It's you been on my horse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. You can leave it on the horse, but we that's... I could carry it, I guess, but that's... No. Uh, yes, I'm going to say that that would... Make you more visible. I mean, that's a yeah, that's right. a tough thing to take. I mean, you're taking. Oh my god, we still have that. <laughs> Pat the ram. We've lost so many things. Good ram. Still have Your horse is like. We still have the ram. Still got that ram. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna come in huge. Hey, absolutely. absolutely, it's never. We're not gonna. Breaks my brain. You guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, just make sure you, there's no very large items besides that. I think that might have been the only. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Anything else? No, good night. Good luck, everyone. Yeah? Mm. Safety first. Rest well. Yeah. Roll out the bed, roll, yeah.
you guys do. So, get, everyone, give me at the same time perception checks for the night. Um, mm. Can I have a little moment before I go to bed? You may, yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> can I see first? Oh, baby. Yeah. Perception. Thirteen. Twelve. Twenty-one. Seventeen. Seventeen. Ooh. Ooh. Perceptive. Ooh. Twenty-one. Sixteen for. Perceptive group tonight. Oh, all about time. Great, so people are sort of gathering. It's a small space if you're trying yeah. to do something. It's Is not there the, like the other side of the log or like a yes. big tree root or something? <laughs> yes, you if you go to the other side of the log, the ground is pretty slanted, so it's not, but yes, you could definitely be out of sight if that's your intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good night, everyone. <laughs> oh, I guess we're Good night, and he leaps over the log. <laughs> <laughs> See ya! Take my watch. Take my armor off and stuff and uh, reach into my bag and kind of take out the tooth. Mm. Oh, the tooth. I'm like, grip it. Kuzni. If we are successful, these next few days can bring us closer to the beast than ever before. This isn't giant, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I realize that your patience wears thin, as does mine, but grant me the power and the autonomy to see this through, and you will have your vicious weapon again. And I'm going to try to squeeze the tooth as hard as I can to... Make uh, an athletics check. Thirteen. Thirteen. Give it a good squeeze, and it seemed a little brittle at first. There's like a couple... As soon as you squeeze it, some of those hairline fractures start to crack a little more. And you squeeze and squeeze and squeeze, but it, it doesn't like shatter or break, but you do seem to crack it a little more. And even a tiny bit of blood starts to run sort of from the edge of your hand where you squeeze the tooth and you do so. And as you do, you feel a sort of heat in your body. And then it, and you let go of the tooth or you loosen your grip. And when you do so, you feel a sort of from your feet to your head, sort of a pulse of like heat and energy. No, no, he doesn't. What is that? You'll recognize it. <gasps> it's pretty. I didn't get anything when I prayed to my No, God. I didn't. <laughs> but you hear nothing in response, but you feel that sort of surge through you. Wow. Wrap it back up. A little blood on the yeah, wrap that's on right now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just wipe the blood with the wrap. Sure. And put it back away. Anybody else in the night? During our watches? Uh, sure, we can do. This. So, uh, what That's was the order again of watches? I'm first. I first. Great. Passes without incident. Who's next? Great. Me. Passes without incident. Me. Who's next? You were next, Great. right? Again, passes without incident. Uh-huh. Who's next? Me. Great. I have plans. Craven wakes Orvo. Oh gosh. For her watch. You good? Okay. Um. Are you waiting for Graven to go to... Yes. Okay. <laughs> Get some nice Graven. Mm. Okay. 
So Orv, uh, Orv is gonna wait a second to make sure that everybody's sleeping. Uh, she's gonna quietly take her boots off, put them to the side. She's gonna take out her plant, and she's also gonna take out her flask, which has soil from the Natural Studies Institute in it. Um, so she's gonna take her flask and like really quietly open it and just get a little bit in her palm. And then she's gonna put it up next to the plant just to see if anything occurs. Doesn't react to just the, the proximity, does not react to that exactly. Okay. Um, how is it nestled in its sack? Like can I untie it a little and sprinkle the soil? Yeah, it, so or? it's like it's like a little burlap bundle. Right. So you could like grab it by the sort of at the base mm-hmm. and if you pull it up a little bit, you like pull a little bit of the roots and things and you could and then there would be like soil in the bag. There. Yeah, can mm-hmm. I like try to sprinkle some of that soil? Kind of take it out and put the soil in? As and long, then put it back. It, yeah, if, if, if I don't like risk damaging the roots or anything. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, I'll you try to do that of, a little yeah, bit. You sort of pull it out and a little bit of dirt kind of comes out and you set it down. And you, you're sprinkling it like in the bag a little bit. Yeah. And then you put it back in. Mm-hmm. Great. Tie it back up. No changes or anything? Not that you can tell, yeah. Okay. Now Orba's gonna pick it up with her hands. She's gonna tiptoe as quietly as she can (laughs) over to Erland. And she's gonna like squat down and maybe go up, I don't know, like if he's sleeping on his side or anything, but be behind him. So like not if he opens his eyes. I'm okay. not. Any seeing. chance I wake up for this? Uh, hold on. Well, what are you doing first? I'm gonna approach I... him and then I'm just going to place the plant right next to his head. Give me a stealth check with advantage because he is asleep at this point. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. You very quietly make your way over. And you place it down. So how close are you putting it to him? Six inches. Six inches. From the back of his head? Is yeah. that where you're putting it? Putting it on his back. <laughs> just just <laughs> plop it down. In his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> just rub him with it. Just, like tickle his ear. You put it down. Mm. And it kind of ever so slightly rustles. <laughs> just a little bit. I'm just gonna take her index finger and just Push it one inch closer. Sure. And it kind of, and it, if Erlen's over here, it kind of leans slightly in his direction. Okay, Orba quickly picks it up very quietly. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's yeah. Okay, okay. Master. Um, <laughs> okay. Orba takes a second, thinks about it, gets <laughs> up, goes back to her little spot, puts her plant away, makes sure everything looks nice and tidy. She's gonna take out parchment and her quill and try to make a copy of what Jillian tore up. Okay. However, depending on how like the shapes are and stuff, I would like to try to disguise it into a larger picture. Ooh, like nice. not just have it be like a straight up blueprint of something, but like try to make it look like just a bunch of doodles uh, or something. Give me an intelligence check first as you're trying to sort of recall the details of the drawing. Uh, just straight intelligence. Uh, 14. 14. You do a pretty good job sort of remembering the details. There were some sort of, you know, there were a couple clumps of shapes. Yeah. And you weren't, you're not exactly sure how all those broke up, but you get the general idea of it. There was like a little circle in the middle. You remember where that is, Mm -hmm. where some of the fields are. So you do a pretty good job. And then what are you sort of at embellishing it with? (laughs) Um, well, wait, really quick. Mm -hmm. There's a little blip off of the main thing. Mm -hmm. Do I remember that? Uh, Yeah. Okay. 
Let me bring it up just so I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I can oh, I, I cannot begin to tell you how many times I looked at that stupid picture. Um, yeah, so what are you... You do remember that. What okay, are you great. sort of embellishing? Um, is it, it... Can I... Like, I'm trying to... It's just like very simple geometric shapes, right? Yeah. Um, it seemed to be... It wasn't like an artistic rendering. Like, it was very practical. It was like triangle square, just to denote, like, general shapes of things. Right, because what I was trying to think of doing was, like, drawing stick figures of people, like, wearing outfits or something. Like, super dumb, poorly drawn. <laughs> but, like, if the triangles were, like, girls with skirts on and, like, <laughs> pants and uh, stuff. Sure, it would look like... Super your... crude. <laughs> yeah, it would look like, you know, you're sort of uh, an abstract artist, but you, sure. could, you could do it in that yeah, just something that, like, if somebody looked at it, they'd be like, this person is an idiot, and that's it. Given the level of detail that you remember, if Jillian took a close look at it, she might. Yeah, she would but, be able to figure but it out. But it's pretty obscured, and someone who didn't immediately know, it mm -hmm. looks like a, it's kind of a mess of, of people in the drawing. So okay. it, it's decently disguised. Great, and I'll even fold it up and put it in my spell book, like in the back pages sure. or something. Cool. You do so. Okay, uh, I'm done. Uh, what a lot. And Arun wakes Sephira, her watch. Hello. I, I'm gonna kind of push myself up and do I notice anything? You don't notice anything. Is there anything you'd like to do during this time? Um, no, I don't. I, I think I'm just gonna take out the bow, and now that I know it likes it, I'm gonna kind of drop my, you know. Sure. Yeah. So. You do so. Like it doesn't make as much sound this time. It's sort of quiet, but you do so for a moment. And your watch goes by without incident. And you go to wake Jillian. And she sort of wakes, and as you sort of touch her, even before you kind of have to shake, she kind of like wakes, <laughs> like she's sort of ready for her watch, and she relieves you. You go back to sleep. And a little bit of time passes. And Jillian wakes the party in the early hours of the morning. She's full of energy, despite the sort of strain of rigorous travel. And she's already outfitted herself with some of her sort of leather pieces of armor. And she immediately moves to look between kind of her backpack, horses, saddlebags, make sure she's carrying everything she needs, make sure she has everything. She gives the group a kind of moment to rise, collect themselves. And everyone's pretty cold. You weren't able to light a fire last night, and at this sort of elevation, it's getting pretty cold. So, you know, mm. she looks like she's got an extra layer on that she's sort of thrown over her sort of basic adornments. Was my plant cold? Um, it doesn't react in a way that you notice, but... Okay, I'm going to try to, like, wrap it in the skirt or something to make sure it's... Yeah, you have some spare, like, sort of cloth. Uh, long rest, right? That was a long rest, yes. Mm. Everybody fully heal. You get back all of your abilities. Oh god, my Except for sepsis, that's two. You know that. Right. And then you guys choose a new spells. Yep. If you need to take the opportunity to do that. Yeah, this is hard. That's really hard. So give that a little bit of thought. Give it a little already. Give it a little more. If I give it more, I will rethink my thoughts. Such an idiot. Things. I know. I have to go full, like, practical, no attackies. Yeah. <laughs> no so Jillian kind of, um, again, Orba kind of disperses some rations, and yes. Jillian kind of ravenously devours some of hers. Yeah. How? 
How powerful is command? Uh, it, it's pretty powerful, but again, you have to be specific, and I think you can't you can't direct someone to harm themselves. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they, there's there's some limitations. But like like I, super hypothetical. I see somebody on a watch. He's kind of headed in our direction, and I'm like. Go the other way. You forgot yeah, something. I think, I think the other I mean? problem with that, though, while that would work, he would recognize after he had finished the command, he would know that he had been commanded. Yes. Okay, Got it's it. not just like, oh, oh what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been yes. taking over. Into a trap where he gets but yes, there. that something like that would work. Like, go the other way. What you know, yeah. run. You know, okay. It's, uh, it's fairly powerful. It's just they do know. Um, on that note, I do not calm emotions. Would they, after that is done, would they also be like, oh, somebody calmed my emotions? <laughs> uh, no, not necessarily. I feel utterly um, relaxed. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I, I probably would have been mad. <laughs> yes, again, it's sort of the, it, it's a charming effect, right? right. It's a, yeah, so it, they view you, they would view you as, you know, not a threat, yeah. but after they were done, they become hostile again if they are hostile, so. If they start hostile, yeah. Yes, if they were, yeah. Start hostile and hostile. Once this hostile, is always hostile. Okay. It sounds like a slogan for the show. Once hostile, always hostile. Well, he thinks that, are you pretty much figured out? Yes. The Graven kind of think a little yes. bit. Yes, that was the most soul-sucking equipping I, of spells. Sucks. I hate this. I know, I have no And everyone time. gets a, a hit dice back, everybody knows that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Half rounded down, Yeah, right? half rounded down. Half rounded down. Stinky dice. <laughs> And as Jillian's sort of devouring her morning rations, she seems to be sort of poring over, looks like one of the maps that she pulled out, some of the drawings, she's kind of looking over them. She's kind of nodding intensely as she kind of like thinks she has it all figured out, even though you kind of already know the levels of uncertainty that you're dealing with. And there's a moment as everyone sort of rises and you look at each other, you kind of steal yourself, you know sort of what all your objectives are, that you guys are going to be splitting up, you know, you're sort of see each other at this time before you set off on foot. Is there anything you wish to say before we sort of head out? Oh, Jesus. It's been a lot of episodes getting to this point. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Is there a moment where we split up or we all travel together for some time now? We'll be walking until we reach the lake together. At that point, Bizarre and Safira will go in one direction, four of us will travel for a little bit, and then you'll split off from us. And Jillian kind of stands sort of up at the higher end of the little hill that you're on. And she turns back for a moment. I'm not really one for speeches. (laughs) But I've had to improvise quite a bit on this one. And you all have risked a lot to get to this point that is not lost on me. A lesser group would not have made it this far. They would have been stymied or had to turn back or even gravely injured. I give myself a bit of credit for assembling such a team. Mm. But mostly, I credit you. You've gone above and beyond, and now it's time to finish the job and reap the rewards. It will be worth it. Not just for your personal coffers, but to be on the right side of history. And if that means nothing to you, so be it. But years from now, when they ask for the names of those essential to the healing of the continent, I will say Graven. I will say Bizarra. I will say Sephira. I will say Orba. And I will say Erlen. At the very least, for the practical among you, 
That should get you a free ale at a few taverns and to sue you. <laughs> so let's earn that ale today. Hmm? Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. And she turns on a heel. Starts the uphill trek. Now on foot, everyone's sort of carrying the essentials. As the trees thin out, swirling air bites at your cheeks and suddenly you feel very exposed. You've been out in the open, but for the first time the mountains themselves seem menacing. Crooked crags, jutting rocks and bluffs that seem to fold into one another to provide limitless hiding spots to keep tabs on as you continue your ascent. But for now... <clears throat> The only activity and movement belong to your companions, and a few gazelle that kind of graze on some of the grassy knolls and survey their surroundings. Jillian leads you forward, and you immediately notice that her route is a little less direct than you've seen in the, in the previous days. She seems to be moving between larger rock to larger rock, formations that if necessary you could all kind of duck behind if something were to appear and you'd have to hide. The route gets steep, and you're forced to do a kind of half-walking, half-climbing as you steady yourselves on rocks, keep yourself from tumbling backward. You hear something, after a couple hours, coming from above you. A few pebbles that come trickling down. And they make you turn your head because you have to kind of avoid the dust and the rocks as they're sort of spilling down. And as you look back up, peering over at the crest of the hill. You see the face of a large bison. Short horns, long snout, matted brown fur that looks to be, at the moment, dripping with water. It shakes its head, <laughs> spraying little flecks of water down, you sort of wipe your face a little bit. And then it kind of <sighs> snorts and it moves away. Jillian leans back. I would think that means we're getting pretty close to the lake. Yes. Jillian listens for a moment. The sound of rushing water doesn't seem right up ahead. Looks like we're coming up with some distance between us and the floodgates. Still, draw no attention best you can. Slowly starts to ascend this last part of the hill creep very slowly over, near to where that bison stood above you, and you peek your head up, and you gaze upon the sparkling expanse of Lake Gulkan. and for something that seemed to appear in an instant, sort of at the edge of this hill, its size is remarkable, shorelines are dotted with short, stubborn trees, but mostly contained by these sort of sloped rocks, raised dirt. You can tell right away that any kind of circumnavigation would be difficult. Camouflage and opportunistic darting from place to place are going to be your best tools with limited hiding spots. Still, at this distance, you seem relatively safe. You don't see any people sort of in the immediate vicinity. A good ways off to your right, you could see a very, very small pair of man-made structures sticking up near where the water level kind of tapers off at the horizon. 
You can hear the water sort of lapping up against the solid earth as the wind kind of pushes it. You can see the ripples as the air kind of swirls around, kind of moving over the water, pushing it in different directions. You see it change multiple times. And Jillian climbs up and over. She gets closer to the water line. She sort of takes a look around. She signals everybody else forward. Crunching of rock as everybody gets closer. All right, Pizarra, Safira, this is where we leave you. You will be heading to the left, follow the shoreline, and keep your eye out for a large protrusion of the land that juts out into the lake, sort of a very small peninsula. There will be a sizable, sort of mossy boulder there. These are the directions that the scout gave me. Small peninsula, mossy boulder. And from there, head inland, away from the water, about 100, 150 feet. You're going to reach a little sort of small cliff or drop-off, and underneath your feet, that is where the cave will be. The scout said that he planted a uh, sort of stake, or wooden pole, near the entrance to the cave to mark it so we can find it later. I don't know if that will still be there, but if you see it, that's the place. Got it. Got it. Safira, Bizarra, good luck. Did we pick a meeting spot? Ah, and she takes out a sort of blade for a moment. She walks over to kind of one of these stubby little trees, and she takes the flat of the blade, and she kind of... and sort of skins off a part that you can see the bark underneath, the sort of lighter portion of the bark. We're going to make one more of these a couple hundred more feet down. You see this one? Keep following the shore until you see the second one. That's where we're meeting. Got it. Thank you. Before we kind of head off, I'm going to pull Orba and tag this kind of weird, awkward kind of half. Orba immediately goes Uh, around. (laughs) And just kind of turn around as soon as I'm, you know, done with that. You do so. Be safe. Any last words of advice? That's all I've got. Get what we need and get out. Yes. Again, keys, gloves. I don't know if he had anything else there, but those are the items he mentioned. We'll take a look. See you when it gets dark. See you then. I'm going to kind of, as we're walking away, I'm going to turn around and try to make eye contact <laughs> with Erland as we're leaving. Do so. And just try to, with my eyes, communicate if you hurt Aunt Orba, you will suffer. And That's quite a look. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very expressive <laughs> communication. <laughs> this is like the mouthing <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. She gives you a kind of stern look that you, you know Severe well enough yeah. to get the gist. The inquisitive eye. Oh, thank you, I needed that. Regardless, Erlen just kind of smiles at her and turns away. Erlen goes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's gonna run. <laughs> Whatever the middle finger is, it might be Elven middle finger. Yeah, Elven. He sticks his pointy ear at her. He smiles and... Severe just turns around and gives him one of these. Erlen smiles and looks away from her. start to making you watch Safira and Bizarre oh kind of head off in that direction. It's getting palpable. 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 It's getting 
waiting 36 episodes for this. Yeah. You watch Safira and Zara oh. oh move quickly in the opposite direction, having received their orders. <laughs> and you turn your attention to the east, where the barely visible framework of the floodgate and its associated structures kind of lies innocently at a distance. But you can see in Jillian's eyes a kind of fervor, sort of adrenaline of the objective so clearly in her sights, driving her forward, sort of rock to tree to rock, and you guys follow behind her. And for about 30 minutes, she barely stops to look back at you at any point. She trusts that you're following behind her. And suddenly she pulls up behind a short kind of ridge, maybe about four feet in height. It's tall enough to kind of hide behind if you duck down, which she does so. She kind of ducks down, puts her back against it so you can see you, and sort of motions you all, and you all kind of get up against this ridge. She goes down to one knee, or kind of gets up at one. She shifts to one knee. (laughs) And she reaches into her bag and she pulls out her spyglass, which she sort of peers quickly up and over to the other side. Do you have your spyglass mm-hmm. as well? Great. <laughs> you like said this before you even said it. It's out and ready. Like She's I'll have guess. it out ready, but I'll be. My, as but it's not going up yet. I won't peek yet. I'll wait for a command. So Jillian heads up. She looks for a moment, and then she ducks back down. It looks like we've got at least one sentinel walking back and forth across the catwalk. He's armed. I do not think that is the supervisor. So we've got at least the supervisor and that man that I can see so far. We'll have to factor that into our distraction. I'm going to, and it seems like she hesitates for a moment and looks at you. I'm gonna go over two items I have in my possession very quickly right now, so that I don't have to catch you up if the time comes. Two rings that I paid a substantial price for. Jillian opens up her palm and she's worn jewelry so it, it didn't catch your eye kind of at first. But one of them is this sort of silver band with a series of letters of different languages. Like you can see a couple of the symbols are elven, some of them are giants, or sort of all of these different symbols all around the band. And the other one is a thin, completely black, possibly made of onyx ring. And there's a small white sphere at the top of that onyx ring that at first it kind of looks like a pearl, but upon closer inspection it looks like it might be like a berry that you'd see on a twig of mistletoe. Oh god. Mm-mm. A minor ring of message and a traceless band. These allow me to cast certain spells, but they are limited use and they do not recharge. I do not want to use either of these until we get down into the main portion of the camp, so do not put us in a position where I need to. <clears throat> Orba and Erland. If we signal to you because something unexpected happened or because someone is approaching, I need you to come up with a signal to signal back. Otherwise, I will use the ring of message, and I do not want to do that. So while one of you is looking over the other side into the camp, one of you should be keeping an eye in our direction. If you see a light from Graven waving anything at all, make sure that you signal back. Is that understood? What should, we, what should we do after signal? Should we, if you're signaling, what does it 
What does it mean if we see a signal? There's no way I will be able to communicate that to you from such a distance. Well, I can create different colors of light. Maybe white could be checkpoint or checking in. A red light could be danger. All right, yes. Orange um, caution. Something more specific than just danger or caution. We need a colored light if we need to hide immediately. Let's do red for someone's headed upstairs and you need to hide. Okay. Are there any other things that you would need to communicate with us quickly other than someone's coming? Leave immediately? Yes, pick a color for get out. What else can you make? How about blue? Blue is leave immediately. Okay. Blue is abort. Red is approaching. Let's pick a color that we hopefully will not have to use, which is if you need our assistance, and we will rush Fortress. How would we... Well, we can't communicate in color. That's right. Uh, some what? kind of signal on your end that would communicate that to us. If there's um, any kind of torches in the building that we're in, I could um, amplify their light. What if I did one pulse for thumbs up and two pulses for no good? All right, the pulse will have to be pretty big. I don't want a flickering of the light to send us charging in. Well, I could make it pretty bright. All right. So one pulse, good. No, 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 no. Let's not have a good pulse. Okay, okay. No no pulses. (laughs) I feel like no communication is good. Okay, so only pulse if bad. Okay. Is there anything else we would need to communicate at a distance? All right. That's good, that's helpful. We will need to find a spot where hopefully any light that you flash will be mostly only visible to them. Mm. I know that's difficult, but we'll see what we can do. Mm. I think once you've created the distraction or the diversion of some sort, I think the hope, I think the hope is at least that it's going to be rather, we have to move swiftly and almost chaotically for a short period of time, hopefully, but then ideally things will settle. Yes, I just mean if we have to use the light later on, I don't want to alert anyone in the vicinity to a flashing red light, so that will be our problem, not yours. The other ring allows me to cast Pass Without Trace, which will make sneaking around much easier. For obvious reasons, this will be a much greater benefit down there than it is up here. And it does not work from a great range, so I don't think it will be terribly useful here anyway. Anything else before we get too close? I will also mention that, and you can hear it from here, I'm sure, a little bit, the waterfall is going to be very, very loud. So any communication needs to be done visually. This will be a boon and a possible detraction. Hopefully your footsteps will not be heard as you move about. And, unfortunately, yelling is probably not an option. You might not be able to communicate with each other unless you're very, very close. Stay close, then. Yes. All right. Anything else? What does this sending message mean we can just hear you? I can send a message to one of you. You'll hear it in your head. It will not be audible to the vicinity. Are we capable of responding? Yes. I'd like to save that, yes. Yes. I don't want to use either of those rings now. So, again. And she kind of gives a little smile. Don't make me. What did you see through the spyglass? 
Like I said, the one century, the buildings are as I described, one on either side of the waterfall. The closer one, three stories tall, that is presumably where his living quarters are on the top floor. I did not see the supervisor as of yet, so I don't know if he's in that building or the other one. Does the supervisor typically, do you know if the supervisor typically stays up here or if he goes into the camps? Like I said, the scout reported that the living quarters was on the third floor, so I assume that he spends a lot of time up here. I don't know for certain that he's there at the moment, but... Should we mark the tree here so we can... Is this, should, be the, should this be the meeting place for... I think so. She finds a tree. <laughs> Shaves off a little. In the other direction, so if they were coming from that direction, they'd see the mark. <clears throat> Shall we? All right. Deep breath. Let's do it. And she, she hops kind of over that little ridge that you guys were hiding behind. I'll see you both soon. I think we're traveling together. Yeah, for now. You, oh. you, you haven't gone to the point where they're I'll see you soon, I'm literally. Right. <laughs> On the other side of this Same. thing we're hiding from. <laughs> right. I retract my suit and say right now. <laughs> and you guys hop over. Follow Jillian. We're going to go over to Sophia. Oh, jeez. And Zara. Dynamic duo. <laughs> they follow the bank in the opposite direction from the rest of the party. And the ground seems to alternate between kind of crunching and squishing as the waterline kind of laps up to different levels along the coast. A sense of progress is masked by the repetitive nature of the terrain and the lack of a definitive milestone in the distance. The lake is large enough that it's hard to feel the curvature. It kind of feels like you're going straight for a very long time, even though you know that eventually it's bending around. And you settle into a steady pace. Safira actually kind of getting an old familiar feeling back in sort of her two-man supply runs, scouting teams, moving through the mountains. Give me both survival checks as you guys are moving through here. And you have double your proficiency on the survival. Yeah. Twelve. Thirteen. Thirteen, right. So you're able to sort of quickly move along, and some of the terrain's uneven, but Sephira does a good job kind of scoping out the unsafe spots. You sort of make sure not to slip or you know, fall in any kind of sort of muddy parts, pits, and you're making pretty good time as you move along. And there's a moment here to discuss anything before you, presumably there's a little more time before you get to the rock, if there's anything you want to do. Any sort of plan you're thinking? Um, well, I don't know, I reckon we scope it out first. I'm a bit worried we're not going to be able to find it, to be honest, but... You see anything jumping out at you that looks like a small mossy boulder? <laughs> I think once we we see it, we'll know. Well, I think we approach it quietly. If someone was camping there, I don't know. Hopefully, no one else is camping there, or nothing else has also found it to be a nice place to sleep. <sighs> once we um, hit the boulder and find the cliff, I think we head straight in into the cave and do what we need to do. Yeah, I mean, we might want to peek our heads down first, but... Yeah. <laughs> of course. We're equipped, hopefully. Hopefully it's just a bag sitting on, you know. <laughs> right. It's always just very simple, isn't it? a tree stump. <laughs> but I think with both of our abilities, we'd be able to ward off any enemies if necessary. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, Bizarre, I'd go into combat with you any day. Not against you, maybe, but with you, sure. 
And you're not too bad with your bow. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> well, I say we just continue forward until we hit the area. I agree. Our task seems pretty straightforward. You know, the more you say that, the more I'm worried that it's going to not turn out to be that I'm way. very confident in us. <laughs> <laughs> a good bit of time passes to traverse the lakeside region. Finally, you catch sight of something in the distance that might be your first point of reference. The coast curves suddenly in towards the water. It juts out a good bit. It looks like, if you had to guess, that there's kind of a hillside to your left where these like bits of silt and stone kind of tumble down. And because of that, over time, it sort of trickled out into the water and made a, this sort of little strip of land. Little peninsula. Yeah. <laughs> and about halfway out on this little mini peninsula, there's a large rock, dark in color from a combination of sort of mud, algae, moss buildup on it. But there's something else you see. Mm-hmm. Of course. Beyond the rock, in the distance, a little bit. It looks like it might be a wagon being pulled by an ox. Fuck's sake! And it looks like there might be—it's difficult to tell from here—some people walking alongside it. What, Sophia? Yeah, this is a complication. Um. Do we wait a moment to see if they? Plus. And again, they're not, they're not like at the rock. They're a good couple hundred feet past the little peninsula, but yes, you can see that. But once we would, sorry, can I ask this question? Yeah. But once we, were, we would be at that mossy boulder, mm-hmm. there would be the cliff is how far, like 150 feet? She said, you said if you head away from the lake about 100, 150 feet, you should get to where the cave cliff is, yeah. And that's in the direction of those people? You, if you're heading to the boulder, yes, that's heading towards. Because so you're going around the lake this way, and the wagon looks like it's coming around the lake the other way, in your ah. direction. <laughs> but it's hard to tell for me. And it looks like it's moving slowly. I mean, the ox is like kind of plodding along. Okay, what do you think we should do? I think we should hide. If we can find a place to hide, and then maybe I don't know, let them pass. Wait for them to pass. Yeah, look, I think we do that over risking being spotted. Do you think there's a good place to... I mean, I, 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 can I kind of scan and Are see there if any there trees? would be anywhere that There's a can... few sort of spot, like a little smattering of trees and, and rocks and things. There are some things to hide behind, yes. Should we hide for now and see how long it takes? Yeah, I reckon we hide for now and hope they're quick, and if not, <clears throat> we cross that bridge when we come to it. Doesn't seem like they're moving too fast, but... Worth a shot. No, but patience is a virtue. Hmm. Something so, I'm still learning, I guess. <laughs> so are you like making your way closer to the mossy rock before hiding, or are you hiding now, like kind of where you are? I wanna I, I would say let's yeah, get closer. Go closer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You do so. Give me some stealth checks, please. You have that inspiration too. That's true. Why? Fourteen. So you guys start to move, and as you're moving, you're sort of moving a little quicker as you try to get to the like some where the trees are yeah. where you can find a hiding spot. And as you do so, kind of the ground underneath you sort of made up of pebbles and dirt. It's kind of like making a little bit of rattling. And at one point, your foot 
as you sort of are trying to move quickly, sinks into the mud a little bit, and you go to pull your foot out, and it's stuck there. It sinks into the mud like a, a few inches, and your boot is kind of stuck there. Well, and there's still a good ways off, but you're sort of stuck here in the okay, mud. Forget the my boot. I'm, I'm no, I'm Sophia. Let me try to yank you out. The, the, just hold on to a twig or something. Hold on to a twig. There's no twig. You're kind of at the shoreline there. Or, grip into the ground, and now. Pull Put your into the. I'm gonna try. It's worth it to have a shoe. Give, go, are you going over to help her? Yeah. Give me an athletics check with advantage. <laughs> Natural twenty. Yes. And the two of you are there, and Bazaar kind of goes over, sticks her hands into the dirt, and she, <laughs> and it kind of like pops out, and Sophia kind of goes like stumbling back a little bit, and the two of you are there, your boots out, you guys sort of move a little further forward. To keep a shoe, don't you think? <laughs> you guys are continuing forward a little bit. Yeah. Great. And the two of you kind of find a little tree, and you stand up against it, and you wait for a little bit. And give me perception checks, both of you, oh God, as you're sort of up against these trees, waiting. Oh, sorry. Oh. Twelve. Four. 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 And you kind of wait with your backs against the trees, and listen. And you don't hear anything approaching. How long are you waiting for? A minute, and you do not hear anything approaching. Can I, since I'm very little, <coughs> can I just like literally just like bend closer as close to the ground and peek out? Sure, give me a perception check because <laughs> you're peeking out under. Eight. You don't make out any details of what's going on other than to see that it looks like they might have stopped by the boulder. No, further past the boulder, like oh, like far. They're far. Far-ish. Mm. I mean, yes, they did not come all the way to the boulder. Definitely not. I can't not. tell what they're doing. You cannot, from here, you cannot tell what they're doing. It's fair. It looks like they stopped moving. Fuck. Okay. Shit. All right. We have to make our way there as soon as possible. Can I... Is there is there a way for me to kind of peek out around the tree without being seen at all, or can I peek kind of my head out? You can make a perception check as you peek out. Oh Jesus! Oh, we're useless. Nine. Nine. Again, you see the same thing. You can see the wagon, and you squint, and it looks like it's not moving. If I'm looking at the wagon, does it? Would I have any way of knowing this? I don't know if I would, but if it's like a kind of business, like is it like built to carry like a large load, or is it built like is it more, more like? It's not huge. It's a one ox wagon, so it's not like a this massive thing. It looks yeah. like, and it doesn't have a covered part like a Conestoga wagon kind of thing. Okay. It just has like a bed, and it looks like something's right, so, in it, but you can't see what okay, it is. So yeah. Okay. I'm really sorry, but can I ask for clarification on yep. this one more time? Say, okay, say this is like the boulder. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm just like confused okay. about where we are. We're trying to get to it. Yep, and then and head off to the left from the and boulder. And then head off to the left. And they are past it. And they're over here. Yeah. I mean, they're heading right. this way. Well, they've stopped. They were. Yes. If this is the lake, yeah. you're headed towards the boulder, and okay. then you're going to cut in. Right. They were headed uh, towards the boulder this way. Should I try this for the first time? Okay. Yeah, do it. Do it. Uh, do it. Sorry, I'm just like trying to get did, everything. Did that make sense? Yeah, so we're going this way. You're both kind of going, going towards the boulder, way, and you're going to cut off, but you don't know what they're saying. So here is. They're just stopped on their way there. Oh, I used a rainbow color. That's okay. It's going to be rainbow. <laughs> so I love this that. This is, here, the blue. This is the lake. Got it. And you guys are headed this way. 
they were headed this way. Uh, and here's, you know, the, the little peninsula with the boulder. But they've stopped up here. So they're, right. and this is, but you're traveling, and you theoretically, you want to go, go this way, yes. And we can't, like, cut across? Uh, you could, if you think you have a good sort of gauge. That's just where she gave you the direction, so oh. you just might miss the cave. That's what the worry is that oh, she gave oh. you very specific sort of so directions. If we cut from, that way, it, the cave could be anywhere. You just might be there. searching for it, yeah. Right. You, won't, you don't have a more precise sort of idea okay. of where it is. Excellent visual aid. Yes, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Strong yes. on. God. Okay. Yeah. How do you want to do this? Should we? I hate to say it, but just stay close to the ground and keep moving forward. Well, I think that may be our best option. I say, um, we start a crawl. So you're creeping still along the lake closer to the boulder? Yeah. Great. Give me both stealth checks. Come on, baby. Yeah. Oh, what? It looked weird. Yeah. 17. 20. Oh, wait, stealth. Sorry. 25. Natural 20. 19. <laughs> Great. Oh, no. 18. Sorry. I'm like, wow. We're so. We're going to balance out the two. 18. <laughs> you guys now sort of understanding the train a little better, and also with a little bit of confidence gained now that they've stopped and aren't like you don't feel the pressure of time right. you sort of dart between a couple of the trees a couple of the rocks and quickly moving towards and you're getting up to kind of where the boulder and the peninsula are and that's where we're going to take a break oh can I just make a left <laughs> Bizarre goes <gasps> yeah. and we take a break oh, no. oh, so that's where we're going to bring it back right oh. Mission definitely begins. not going back to you. He's going to come back to us. You guys have been waiting. Oh, we're going to take a quick 15-minute break. Bye-bye. We'll come back. We'll dive right back into the mission. It has officially begun oh after my God. Oh my God. You guys have no idea. You're in the up. thick of it. <laughs> I do um, know. We, well, they've yeah. been in the journey. so worked up. You should know <laughs> so that. so worked up right now. It's okay. Everything's okay. Not watching the <laughs> right now. A lot of inspiration on that table. I know. We don't have inspiration. That's some hot inspiration. Not up. Uninspiring. We are so uninspiring. Right. Thank you guys so much see for soon. joining us. We'll see you soon. 15 minutes. We'll see you there. Once again, we'll keep doing this. Uh, after one minute into the little break, there's a little recappy video that kind of goes over some of the main events that have happened so far. If you're new to the stream, take a watch, check it out. Um, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Hey! See you there. <laughs> Tabletop Notch is made possible through the support of fellow adventurers like you. Consider subscribing to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. The amazing thing is you can do this for free if you have an Amazon Prime account. You may also follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Tabletop Notch for updates, announcements, and really funny stuff. If you miss an episode, venture to our YouTube channel for recaps of previous chapters. But that's enough of that. Back to our story. All right, we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Yep. We've just seen Bizarra and Safira make their way along the edge of the lake, heading towards their sort of landmark boulder before they make their way to the cave or see what's beyond it at the wagon. But first, we're gonna head over in the other direction. You start to creep closer. To the first structure. And quickly the sounds of the waterfall get louder. 
not so much that you have to shout to each other or anything, but you can tell you're not even that close to it yet, and already it's pretty, it has some good volume to it, so as you get closer, it's really going to start to pick up. Most of the sliding floodgates that are kind of along the uh, along the edge of the waterfall are currently open, so you can see that the flow of water is very strong. And the building on your end, three stories, just like she said, and the one on the other side is considerably shorter, so you can presume that this closer one is indeed the operations depot, as Jillian had described it. It's of mixed construction, stone foundation with mostly wood, although there's a few stone beams kind of for some added support and strong winds. It looks like the third floor has kind of a three-quarters wraparound balcony. And there's at least one window on every side of every floor. It's pretty well open. It doesn't even look like it has glass in the windows to kind of allow the mountain air to pass through without sort of risking structural damage. And as far as you can tell, there's only two proper entrances. Stone staircase that leads up to a little main front door that leads sort of down onto the ground near the lake and another door that leads out onto the catwalk. Those are the only two doors you can see from here. And does the catwalk... Sorry, Matt. Is mm-hmm. the catwalk on the second floor or the third floor? It's on the first floor. So Okay, so <laughs> then the staircase goes up. Oh, the staircase is just a short couple steps just to get into the building. Okay. And then and on that first floor, you can see a door that goes out and goes all the way across the edge okay. of the waterfall. And then there's oh, two more okay. floors. So it's like pretty much the water, right along the water. The catwalk is not very far above water level, yeah. Great. It's not like raised. And then there's second floor and then third floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you guys start to creep a little closer. Give me some perception checks for everybody as we get there. Okay. What's <laughs> your boss? Natural 20. 21. Ooh, wow. Wow. So one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my they got you. Whoever goes blind. <laughs> Thanks, Bay. So the building has this kind of open air concept to it, again, possibly to protect against sort of the strong mountain winds blowing through. The windows are big and, again, not fitted with glass. And the sloped roof is made of some kind of reddish, possible clay shingles. And it juts out very far over where the walls are. So if this is the wall, the roof, unlike sort of a natural roof, it goes out very, very far to provide a little bit of extra shade against some of the harsh sunlight during the daytime, in the middle of the day. And both Erland and Graven, as you're sort of creeping from rock formation to rock formation, you catch a little sight of some movement on the second floor. It looks like through the window there is somebody on the second floor and they appear to be seated. You can't tell what they're doing, but you can see through one of these sort of larger open windows that there's a person there. So are we, are, how far away from this are we now? A, a couple hundred feet. So you're just seeing like the outline because okay. you were able, you saw him kind of move and sit. So you saw the motion. You can't make out the details of his face or anything like that. Mm. The uh, spy, the spy, spy yes, boss. Yes. Mm, I take it out, hand over. As you start to do that, yes. Second floor. There's a man. Hold on. I'm looking and I'm looking through the second sure. window. And you peek through. Uh, give me a perception with advantage. Now twenty. <laughs> what was I going to give you if you double that? It's a dirty 20. It's a dirty 20. You're a 20 nat 20. Two nat 20s and us. your eye just goes. <laughs> <laughs> you are now a human eye glass. So you take a look through the spyglass, and he's sort of seated in a way that you can get a good look through the window. Human man with gray hair pulled back into a ponytail. He kind of has a simple white tunic on. And it looks like sort of, it seems like he's seated at a desk. And from what little you can see of the room that he's in, it looks to be a kind of uh, study of some kind. You can see like a bookshelf in there. Again, he's kind of seated at a desk. 
you can't see all the details of the room, but it looks to be like a little work room, work study kind of room on the second floor. Yeah. And the other things that you kind of notice as you're getting closer, as Jillian said, there are two small boats moored at a small dock a little bit away from the depot, and they're, you can see that the flow of the water is kind of taking them towards the waterfall, but they're, there's a couple ropes attached to each of them. They're small, they're like, they're rowboats. They're not mm-hmm. sort of big sailboats or anything like that. There's a couple kind of emergency boat vessels nearby. And another thing that kind of catches your eye as you're moving forward is there is a little bit of animal activity here. Kind of near the waterfall, some of the fish are kind of here near the running water, so it attracts. You see like a little fox kind of run up to the water line and peer in and then kind of bounce away. You can see uh, a deer on the like sort of up on the hill to your right, so there's a little bit of animal activity here and there. And as you get closer, the, you're able to sort of... Um, Again, catch sight of that sentinel. So you see, you see the door open to the other building on the other side of the waterfall. Kind of opens up, and he's got a weapon. He's got like a little halberd that sticks up, and he's not heavily armed, but he's got like a very simple metal breastplate that's kind of slung over his front and back. It's not like a full suit of armor, but he kind of has like a padded leather underneath breastplate halberd. Are the colors unlike anything we've seen? Does it look black lion? Does it look? Separate? It definitely does not look black lion. It's hard to make out all the details from here, but it's it's not like a red and black marking. Okay. Yes, it does not appear to be black lines. So we haven't seen... It, it, it's nothing we've seen like with the Jet of Void or uh, no. any of the things we've seen. No, it does not immediately uh, okay. sort of strike you as anything. And can I... If, is he running... Is he on a, a specific route? He's walking across the catwalk. Just back. And the catwalk's thin. Yeah, so he's walking from that building on the far end. Mm-hmm. He's, now he's kind of slowly ambling his way. He kind of looks over the edge... Kind of looks around. I want to... Kind of lazily moving back and forth. As we're moving, I just want to try and track what his path might be. Like, mm-hmm. if he's if he's stopping at the doors, if he's going in both buildings, mm-hmm. how long he stays in each building. wait for a moment. He kind of ambles over. And Jillian kind of senses. She watches you kind of peer yeah. through the spyglass. And everyone's kind of waiting a tense little moment. He kind of ambles along. And he gets to the door of now the closer building, the, mm-hmm. the operations depot. He kind of gets up to the door. And it looks like he kind of looks up. And he kind of... Kind of bangs on the wall. And leaning out the window... This, it looks like you catch a sight of the man with the gray hair, and he kind of... And then he leans back in, and he nods, and it looks like he starts to walk the other way. So he doesn't go in the building, just kind of gets his attention, starts moving across. And that probably took 15 minutes for him to walk all the wow. way down, and now he's starting his journey all the way back. Sorry again, he's wearing like a... Is he Which guy? kind of headgear, the guy... Who's walking? walking? Yeah. yeah, he's got like a simple skull cap. It's not okay. like a specific... And it's getting it's getting dark out. Uh, no, not yet. Yeah, oh. it's, it's definitely still okay. daytime. Because Jillian's idea was it's yeah. I mean, it took you just a couple hours from the camp to get right. up to the lake. So we're like early morning actually. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, late like mid morning, almost late morning. Okay. Um, yeah, because her idea was that the two of them would watch for most yeah. of the day to mm-hmm. see what the activity was like, you know, during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I communicate everything I just saw. Sure, all the details of the so, group yeah. and Jillian. Mm-hmm. Does that man at the uh, desk seem like he could be the supervisor? He very well could be, yes. Do we know what, you don't know what the supervisor looks like or anything? Or is not relayed? No. But those are the only two men you can see. Yes, yes, there's one seems to be working, like not um, not particularly on guard or anything like that. He wasn't wearing armor or anything, the guy Which working. Which one? The guy working. Yeah. In, in the study. place? Yeah. Uh, no, in the study, he, was, he did yeah. not appear to be wearing yeah, armor. There's, yeah. So there's one person unarmored who seems to be some sort of doing clerical work of some sort, and then... But if he's in the study or going over 
notes, records, I would assume that is the supervisor. I don't think that that would be work relegated to a simple guard. It seems right. So still only two people. All right. And I think we're getting close enough where it's time to start thinking about a distraction. Okay. Any thoughts? Should the tiefling and I get rather close before you make a distraction so we can... Yes, I would think so. Well, there are the boats, and uh, seems to be quite a bit of wildlife around here. Maybe we could stir up some kind of, I don't know. Take one of the foxes, put them in the boat, set it up to sail? Mm. Just make it seem like it chewed off the, the rope? Don't know how long that that would actually... My worry about that is if they're not able to get to it in time and the boat goes over the waterfall, that will attract quite a bit of attention down below. Mm. Yes. We could do something to the boats to damage them in a way that makes it seem like animal damage or something without letting the boat go, or alternatively, what do we think about throwing an animal through the window? Oh. The window of <laughs> the depot. You'd have to get to the other side, though, wouldn't you? Get to the depot? The depot, the depot is the three... Oh, the depot is... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, wouldn't that just bring more people into the depot? Well, presumably they would have to take it outside. Oh, I that see. That could be a one-person job. I think that's the hope. What, so what do you mean? Well, I just... <clears throat> don't we want something that will keep the supervisor out of that building for quite some time? Well, yes, I'm hoping that the supervisor will tend to that. But you don't think you would just pick up the animal and throw it back out the window and be done with it? Take it out the front door, or at least distract him enough to allow you to get in? But then he'd go right back in, wouldn't he? But if he comes in and you're already on the third floor? I suppose. Other you're, thoughts? You're headed to the... No, I Not I, the floor I, he's on now. No, I agree, I just... I guess we are going to have to spend time in that building with him regardless if we're there all afternoon. Oh, I think that's definitely going to happen, yes. Okay. Orba, uh, Mm. how much... Do you have any thick parchment? Thick parchment? Mm. I just have... a lot. Yes, I've got the fair amount. Okay. I was just thinking about a way to make light that I could possibly focus it in such a way. And? It would be a pinpoint, you know, wrap some parchment around and Mm -hmm. make light at one end of it. And then do what with it? If I needed to signal you so that the light doesn't pour out, it would be very... thought that was distraction-related. Yes, me too. Sorry. Just thinking ahead. Yes, how many sheets would you like? I don't know, half of whatever you've got for the time being, and I can give it back to you. Okay, how about 13? Great. Distraction. Um, Do you still have the ability to light something on fire? I also Light a boat on fire? I was thinking that, yes. I still have some, I have a flask full of oil as well. Or even even like a nearby tree or something, just so it doesn't mm. spread. Maybe they would want, would want to see to that as well. It's fairly dry up here. A fire could start. Winds. Could that start a forest fire that would require a but great many people to... That's why I was thinking maybe one of the boats. Yeah. Okay. Mm. How do they, how do you attribute that to animals though? No, that wouldn't be attributed to animals. Simply wood rubbing together, causing... I don't know. 
could have been something. negligence. Someone could have theoretically left a tinderbox in the boat or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. The sun beating on it, something. It would be rather suspicious, I would think, but not so suspicious that you'd immediately assume yeah. who would wander in here and start a fire on a boat. And what if you just caused They would the... tend to it before they investigated it. And what if you just put a hole in the boat and let it sink, no? Did we already say that? The only problem with that is, are they going to notice it in time? It's very loud near the waterfall. Yes. But possible attract attention. Yes. And just one of them, just in case for some reason we need to use one of the boats. Or in case we need to light the second one on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll take that oil. Yeah, so I give Graven the flask of sure. oil. Yes. <laughs> you guys are uh, close enough at this point mm-hmm. that I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, visual uh, assistance. Uh-oh. Okay, okay, uh, uh, that's cool. Uh, behind like the curtain, mm-hmm. during the battle, get the candy. <laughs> now, this is not a. That's, that's, like, close <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what I'm using it. Where did it go? Oh god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Is it in your crumb carrier? Sweet Jesus. I'm busy. <laughs> Come on. Careful. My off time. Careful, sir. Ah! Whoa. There it is. Oh my goody goodness. Wow. Goody, goody, goodness. What? Is what? Oh I recognize God. that. What is that? So, dreams. Oh, this yes. is. Oh boy, that's way out. I need to tilt the camera, I think. So this is the building and the catwalk running across the... Uh... Oh, that's the catwalk! Yes. Whoa! On the catwalk. Do a little Great dance town. The catwalk. Oh my We've goodness. We've so, not a battle map, but a visual aid. Oh, so you guys become a battle map. And you guys are still a good bit this way. Um, but that's sort of the lead up. The door in is here, sort of mm-hmm. underneath this sign. And then again, there's a door that leads out to the catwalk. And the catwalk continues to run. It just are those trees? Is that those sort of like little the rock formations? Rock, okay, yeah, yeah, just like things theoretically tall enough to hide behind if you needed to. So he's going back and forth. Yes, he's knocking on the wall, and, and the guy on the second floor. And there's guy on the second floor. Yeah, I'm looking out. Now we can even uh, give us a couple of the guys here. Um, boy, oh boy. So, oh my god. The so there's a guy kind of walking along the catwalk. He's headed the other way for now. Look at him. Yes. And then, uh, um. Was he painted? He's painted. You? He's, not, yeah. he's not done. Like all of my minis, they're so not This guy's done. kind of at a desk on the second floor. Let's do some. Give me that schwa- schwa-buckler. Yeah, he's got a catwalk. Let's walk Put him over so you can see him. There we go. Great. So this is kind of the general layout. She's looking and the boats are, again, like a little further this way. They're not so close. They're not like right yeah. next to I mean, he would immediately see a fire. Yeah, as soon as the smoke started to rise again, there's a lot of windows. That would presumably be mm-hmm. very noticeable very quickly, yes. <laughs> a fire is a pre- preliminary distraction, and then if we need another one later, perhaps the animal through a window mm-hmm. in a way, as a way to get you back out. Oh, I see, yes. And we don't think the... Um... We don't think the fire would attract more attention. You think that only one or two of these men would need to... Well, it's just the one boat. And they're very small boats. They're just rowboats. Is that something you'd really flag down a camp boss for? I doubt it. 
It's true, and even if they did, I don't think that Campos would go looking through the the bedroom of the quarters. Probably not, yes. Again, if we avoid being seen in any way, I think there's little reason for them to suspect that someone has snuck up here just to light a boat on fire. Mm. I need to get pretty close. I need to be within 15 feet of it if I'm to light it. All right. So should the tiefling and I make our way forward towards towards an escarpment or a tree near the near the depot, and then I think you get in position as best you can. <clears throat> Graven sneaks over, starts the fire, and you should start the fire as soon as the sentry has reached the depot and headed back in the other direction. So that the fire has time to build before he turns around. Because yeah. theoretically, if it took him uh, 15 yeah. minutes to walk along, mm-hmm. theoretically, as soon as he turns the other direction, you kind of have 30 minutes, because he's 15 to go all the way the other way, and then 15 to go, although he might, as soon as he turns around, he might see the fire, but yes. But then you have to bolt Yes, back. you'd have to run back, yep. Is there a way for us, is there a way for Orb and I to get up near this thing and still be able to see Graven and Jillian, or...? Um, they'd have to be kind of, you both kind of have to be poking your heads up out of yeah. concealment in some way. You would see the fire starting. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. so then how... It would be hard to see them without sort of revealing yourself until you get up to a higher floor. About how far away from it are we now? Uh, probably like 200 feet. Okay, so, um, give us five minutes and then stop the fire. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll find a place to hide within five minutes. Go get him. Okay. Good luck. See you soon. Orba goes in and gives Graven a hug. And as she does that, she whispers really quietly, If anything happens to me, Arland will have my things. Take them to Cliff Iron Cloud. And she lets go and goes, <laughs> What is happening? Graven's like, So much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> the fire, the secrets, I don't know. <laughs> Let's go. Graven puts a hand out and gives Graven a handshake. Really? Really? <laughs> He's calling himself Graven. Alright. So Orb and I start, start to move. sneaking along. <sighs> do stuff. Give me stealth checks with advantage first, as we're still sort of pretty far away. Oh my God. I like his music. Long. That's not a thing. 21. <laughs> 11. 11, okay. So you guys start to get a little closer. You approach the building, and the sound of the waterfall starts to really envelop you. You hear it, it becomes difficult wow. to sort of hear over the commotion of the waterfall. And you get to a point where, it, unless you're literally like as close as you guys are, it's very difficult to hear. I mean, you're communicating by signals or by sort of whispering in each other's ears, you know. And it's this constant rushing that sort of catches your attention as you move closer before it sort of had this little kind of serene kind of water-esque sort of picture to it, but as you get closer, it really starts to sink in the sort of pressure and the mounting kind of tension as you move along. And you start to get up, and we'll say that you start to get up kind of (laughs) to this first kind of area. And as far as you can tell, and you can see his head, on the second floor, he's still at his desk, as far as you can see from here. Um, so if you were to <laughs> just, so if you were to exit, when they eventually set the fire, if you were to run out and go deal with the fire, yes. 
where is the path that he would most logically take to do that? So this is where the door yeah. is. Here, we'll go back into a big map for a second. This is where the door is. So he would come out here, and then he would probably have to, you know, if he was trying to hit the shore as quickly as possible, he would go either here or here. There's a little bit of space there, but it okay. would, he'd probably go along here. Erlen's going to indicate to Orba mm-hmm. that we should try and make our way here. Sure. Orba gives a nod. Great. And you're keeping an eye kind of on the uh, sentinel as he's kind of moving further. I mean, yeah, especially if he's far away. Yeah. So then he's getting, he's getting pretty far away. And going to take a look at, make sure that guy's still and looking over his sort notes. Of looking over his notes. And then Erlen's going to give Orba a nod and make a dash to over dash there. Right. Give me another stealth check with advantage. Uh-oh. There we go. <laughs> Dirty 20. You're so stealthy, you made the water stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Orba's also. Orba's yep. gonna. Oh, sorry, I thought you were also. Take a deep breath. Yeah, okay. Stealth check with advantage. 15. Orba. And the two you get. And this is kind of like there's a, like a sloping rock, and then it goes up for a little bit, and then kind of smooths out. So it's a decent bit. You barely kind of have to duck down. This is probably the largest sort of enclosure in the area. Can we see where the smoke would start to billow? Uh, yeah, you mm-hmm. couldn't see the. There's enough things obstructing your vision that you couldn't see the fire right as it started, but you would see smoke rising, definitely. Great. I mean, you'd see that. Are there any windows on the first floor? Uh, yes, there are. Can we take a, a little peek in and see if we see anything else from now that we're pretty close? Give me a perception check. With a man? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nat 20. Everything. Boom, boom, boom. So, you can see into at least sort of a general idea of what it is. It looks like it's set aside for kind of uh, construction and repairs, possible repairs for the floodgate. Mm-hmm. You can see a number of kind of hanging on the wall mallets, shovels, chains, sort of wooden rods, things that might be part of the mechanisms of the floodgates that if something broke, you could get a spare piece and put it in. And the floodgate is part of the... The floodgate is, 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 is part, part of the, of the catwalk. Of the catwalk. Underneath yeah. the catwalk, there are these like wooden slabs that go yeah. down into the water. And there's a bunch of them. So you could drop a couple of them to <laughs> slow the flow of water or drop all of them to right. stop the flow mm-hmm. of water. Okay, yes. So there's a number of them along the catwalk, yes. Um, you can also see that there's, like, again, sort of in the same vein, there's a, a lot of, like, stacked crates and things. It seems like there's some spare supplies and kind of things like that. Um, and there is, it looks like there's a table with some chairs, but other than that, you don't see any people in there. Okay, do, do we see the stairs where we would presumably walk upstairs? Yes, so there's a window here, and it looks like the stair. like if you enter in the door, the stairs will be on your right. You can see those getting up. All right, Erland wants to, <coughs> in as much detail as possible, I know we're like right next to each other. Yeah, you can so whisper in her, and it's loud, so yeah. no one can hear you. He's going to communicate the sort of interior so that once the guy leaves, we don't have to like monkey around too much. We can sort of dart right up. Great. So you guys wait. Craven, I think we're up. All right. And the two of them start to move. And you guys, they kind of went forward and off to the left a little bit. You head sharper off to the left to get like right towards the shoreline a little bit. Uh, give me a stealth check with advantage. 18. 18, great. So you sort of move along and you duck under. Graven's pretty big, but he sort of finds a couple of larger rocks that he ducks behind <laughs> and he peeks over and you watch the sentinel still traversing, headed in the other direction. Okay. So you continue walking. You're moving, moving, moving. And you get to, again, it's kind of off the map, but you do get to a little point there. There's like two trees next to each other that you kind of, you and Jillian kind of stand with your backs up against. And if you peek out, the little dock and boats are probably 
40 feet from here. Okay. It, there will be an uncovered moment where you have to dash out, you know, do it and dash back. Right. There's no coverage, like, right there at the edge of the docks. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll wait until he comes back and starts heading the other way. The other thing is, is... I'm not sh- Give me your advice. I'm not sure we have to use the oil, but it certainly would make a fire that would make them really have to work to put it out. You don't think your flames would be enough? I think I, I could definitely set it alight, but it might be easier to put out more quickly if we don't use the oil. All right. I think we should save the oil or use it now. Once we're in the camp, I don't plan on setting any <laughs> fires, so if now's the time, now's the time. All right. And the two of them, mm-hmm. you kind of wait, and now the guy has started moving back in your direction, so he's yeah. moving along the catwalk. Here, sort of waited. And kind of keep an eye on the boat and see if there's any kind of rhythm to yeah. where it, you know. Yeah, they're, they're kind of rocky. Again, it's like just a short little dock, mm-hmm. and then it looks like each ro- uh, boat is tied with two ropes, one to the back of the boat and one to the front, because the flow of the water is pretty strong, so mm-hmm. it's kind of pulling them, and it kind of like tugs at the ropes. The ropes seem pretty thick. And it Are they c- attached to a wooden dock? Yeah, there's like a little wooden dock oh, right there at the edge. It's small. It's only like five feet, sticks out into the lake just okay. a little bit, and that's it. Um, and, they, and the ropes are fairly short, but the boats kind of probably, again, are maybe three, four feet off of the dock. Okay. okay. You guys wait. You trace this entry as he kind of ploddingly moves along the catwalk, and Erland and Orba sort of wait and look back in the direction that they kind of know where the boats are. And we're going to shift over. Bazaar and Safira sort of get up. You're now probably only like 15-ish feet away from where that little peninsula sticks out. You're still on the shoreline. Right. You've gotten up to that point. And you can see a little bit more of what's going on. Seems like there are three people. And again, they're still like 100 feet off, maybe 150 feet. Seems like there's three people that were walking alongside the wagon. And they're currently in the act of taking something out of the back of the wagon. They've, there was sort of a tarp or a cloth that they've pulled off, and they're now sort of lifting something out of the thing. It's hard to see what it is from there. Can we tell you, are they wearing the uniforms of the camp, or...? They are... It doesn't seem like they have a uh, really coordinated uniform. Uh, give me a perception check. Just her? Uh, you can both look, yeah. Okay. Both give well, me a perception check. No, one, I don't <laughs> see anything. It's actually this. There's a little, yeah, there's a little tiny line underneath it. You see. Oh, I didn't even say that. Um, ten. Ten. Okay. It's hard to make out any details of what they're carrying or anything like that, but you can see the clothes well enough. First of all, it seems like it's two humans and a half-orc. Okay. A woman and two men. And the human man is wearing an arming hood, though the hood has been kind of pushed back, and it's blue in color. It looks very similar to the ones that Jillian had and that you took off of the elf back in the sort of jungle. Mm-hmm. And the other two are wearing a little more sort of um, sort of armed outfits. They don't seem like armed to the teeth, but they kind of have a padded leather vest that's sort of a dark green in color. Nothing that we recognize the green. It doesn't have any kind of significance to you or any kind of symbol on it. And it's reinforced, again, you don't know this, but similar to the other, it has like a metal plate hanging in the front and the back. It's not, again, this is not nice armor, but it's a little bit of extra protection against sort of a projectile or anything like that. And they sort of have these kind of, uh, 
it would look like an elbow pad, but like a reinforced metal elbow on two of their mm-hmm. elbows. So that's what you're able to see. And this thing that they're hauling out of the back, how how big? It's a huge tarp that they just pulled off. It looks like the object, which you can't tell what it is from here, is about the size of a person. But is it a person? No, it okay. looks to be not living. Okay. Great. <laughs> looks like an object of some kind. You just can't tell what it is. That's not a person. It's a baron. <laughs> it's a giant chess piece. It's a six-foot <laughs> chess piece. <laughs> the gem just shimmers in the light. Like, oh. Yes, it's hard to tell. If you got a little closer, it might be easier to tell what they're what they're doing. Should we continue? I don't know what's in the back of that wagon. I don't like it. I don't know if I want to turn my back on these people. At the same time, we can't get caught. So. I don't think we should get any closer to them. I think we should try to just head towards the cave. And just hope they don't know where it is, I suppose? I suppose. If we run into them there, we run into them there, but I don't want to do it before that. Okay. Let's keep moving. And now at this point, they've pulled out whatever this object is, and they've placed it on the ground near the edge of the lake. And in addition to that object, one of them reaches into the back of the wagon, and it looks like they're pulling out long metal tubes <gasps> that they sort of pull out, and they bring over to the device. It kind of seems like they're fitting it. Sevier, you think they're putting something into the water? Or taking something out? Yeah. Because I think we shouldn't touch it. I don't... I mean? plan on going near that water anytime soon. Look, it might be useful information just in general. To me, it looks like, well, since he with the blue cape is from the camp, sorry, sorry. is from the camp, that they're possibly tubing in Mike and extract. I don't know what they're doing. I wish we could get a closer look, but I really think we should keep moving. I think we should stay on course as well. They do look pretty preoccupied with what they're doing. Sort of all of them sort of working on this. Let's move quietly but quickly. Keep moving. Yeah. So you get to the point of again, you're basically almost there. You get to the point of the rock, and now you're taking the left, sort of perpendicular, and you start to move up. And from the small peninsula, the boulder marker, you head inland, which sort of forces you to move up the hillside a bit. And getting your footing is difficult here. Portions of solid rock seem to kind of crumble and come loose beneath your feet. You have to catch yourself a few times. Athletics checks for both of you. (laughs) Stretch them legs. Yes. So the rocks shift and crumble a little bit, but the two of you sort of prepare for the possibility of that, given that you, you know, you fell into the mud, you're sort of a little hyper aware of the terrain at this moment. You kind of make sure to move slowly enough that even if you slip a little bit, you sign up just a little bit, and then you sort of start your ascent mm-hmm. again. You start to move up. You get yourself up. Sort of trying to maintain a straight course from the lake like you were told. 
You stomp through a little bit of uh, up here on the top of this little hillside. Again, there's sparse trees here and there, but it's mostly this kind of high grass. It almost comes up to your waist, past your knees. This is kind of yellowish, dry, crunchy grass that you're kind of sh- sh- kind of wading through. Uh, give me perception checks as you're moving through the grass. Ooh, damn. 24. Thank you. So you're moving along. <laughs> and it's making a little bit of noise as you're passing through, but you're you know doing it slowly and quietly enough. And as Sophia's kind of moving and she's in front, she hears... And you stop. What is it? Does it sound like an owl bear? It does not. It sounds like a regular bear. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bear? (laughs) Just a little bear. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna not gonna say anything. I'm gonna look around and see if I can't see. You do not see it, and it seemed like it was coming from the direction you were headed. Okay. Right. Um. I think if we're quiet, careful, we're not gonna harm it. Hopefully. It's not going to want to harm us, right? Sure. <laughs> I think we go for f- fingers crossed, yeah? I guess we keep moving. Okay. Give me stealth checks as you guys are moving through the gas. Wow. Assuming you're trying not to sort of catch its attention. Oh. oh. 19. 19? Yeah, uh, four. No! So fear leads you through, and again, the grass is sort of... It's loud and it's a little crunchy, but you do follow her and she's kind of parting the grass in a way a little bit. It softens the noise a little bit. And I'm tiny. So. Yeah, and you're moving and through. I'm tiny. And you kind of make a little bit of rustling, and at one point it sounds like you hear another, like, mm-hmm. Do I but hear not, this one? Yeah. It seems like you're close enough now yeah. that the two of you both hear it. I heard it as well. And it looks like at this point you've moved up and maybe another 25 feet, it looks like. There's a little drop off a little cliff at the edge of this terrain that you're on currently. And you don't see the bear yet. Is that the cliff? And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna like kind of crouch. Sure, you do so. Yeah, if you crouch down, it's like, you know, almost up to your nose if you're all the way down. Yeah, and I wanna try to get as close to the edge of the cliff as I can. Sure. Give me a stealth check. Oh boy. Don't. 12. 12. And now it makes a little extra noise because now you're sort of down low and it's not sort of, you know, it's not just your feet, it's your whole body moving through. You move slowly and you kind of part it as you go, very slowly. And now it sounds, you can hear the noises and it sounds not like it's kind of directing at anything. You kind of hear like a... Almost like a sort of tired sort of noise. And you get to the edge of this, you know, cliff drop-off. And you can see to the ground below, it's probably like a 15-foot drop, maybe a little bit more, kind of off this little cliff, not very far. And you can't see it from this angle, but it seems like, kind of as described, there's a portion of the cliff that might be carved out below you. So it seems like it might be right underneath you. And what gives you that impression is you can see the snout and head of a brown bear sticking out with most of its body not visible. So you can see kind of its head and it's not asleep, but it's kind of lying, and it's kind of <sighs> looking around. It seems like it's sort of made a little mm-hmm. home in this cave. Right. I'm gonna 
take my head slowly from mm-hmm. away from the edge of the cliff. You do so. Is that it? Okay, so remember when I said that there might be a, a creature who had found this place cozy? Yeah, I think I was right. There's a there's a grown brown bear in the. Of course, there's a bear. <laughs> Does it seem? It couldn't have been easy. It couldn't have been easy. Of course. Did he seem? Did he gentle? Seem... At least. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to go down there and have a chat with him and find out? Not particularly. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Um, if you... we draw him out, I think that's maybe our best bet. If we create some kind of distraction, the problem is, what I don't want is to draw their attention. Sophia. How do wolves and bears get along? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that a... Okay, I see what you're suggesting. Just thought maybe you could pull him out and now go on in. We need to follow after. The conflict, the noise, it's going to draw attention over here. You're here, they could find us. If we can draw her out quietly, that's our best bet. I have no idea how we're going to do that. Is that with food or...? Food's a good idea. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look around for any like small creatures that I could... Give me a survival check. She can... <clears throat> um... Uh, I get double, so... Double the proficiency, yeah. Yeah, 16. 16. Nice. It looks like there are... You you don't see any... Earlier on, you saw some, like, gazelle and and the bison, and some larger creatures. You see a few squirrels darting here and there. Great. Um, I want to try to... Are there any close enough that I could try to stab, or do I have... They're moving through the the grass. They're pretty obscured, but you do see a little bit of, like, kind of rustling. Okay, so I want to kind of try to, while I'm down... Quietly. Try to shoot... One. Great. It seems like um Which bow? Uh yeah, which bow are you using? <laughs> using like normal bow. Using your regular bow. Yeah. <laughs> um go ahead and make an attack. Yes, it's probably yeah. like forty feet. Away. Ooh, uh, uh twenty. Twenty. So you kind of follow there's like a little bit of rustling. You saw it briefly and there's a little bit of rustling through the grass and you kinda of train it and loose and and the movement kind of stops. And I run over, can I run over and take To where the thing was? Yeah. So Bizarre kind of tips through, and at one point you hear a little and it sounds like you stepped on something and feels like you stepped on something metal. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. That's that's totally fucked. Yeah, you gotta roll it again. That was crazy. Oh my god. What the heck am I doing? Don't throw it at the pile. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just very... Oh my goodness. 13. 13. You step, and immediately at that moment, it crosses your mind that the scout who used this cave might have known that there were bears in the area and set some traps for the possibility. And you hear it click, and you go to pull your foot up immediately, and it... Clamps around your ankle. You take four piercing damage as it clamps into your ankle. 
Uh, Bite your okay. hand, woman. <laughs> I'm like, do not scream. Give me a... Boy, I don't even know what kind of shit that yeah, is. Well, wisdom save? Yeah, yeah, save yeah. Give, give me a, a wisdom saving throw as you try to compose yourself in that moment. Oh my god. Oh god. I'm, I'm not composed. What is it? Two. Two. So you can't help it. It digs in, and again, it, it's not a flat trap. It has little grooves in it that kind of pick in. And you try to do it immediately, but there's sort of a squeak that you sort of... Ah! And you catch yourself. Uh. And in that moment... No. And it, you can hear it kind of getting up. Does she have the squirrel that's... She have? hasn't gotten to it. She she, gotten yeah, to she it. hasn't gotten to it yet. And it kind of... And it's starting to move. And you lift your foot, and it looks like there's a chain that goes into the ground. It's probably a couple feet long. Mm-hmm. So in this moment, what are you doing? Like, literally right now. The chain... So the chain goes off of the trap and then into the right. ground, so it's holding you there. And like, my foot's still on the thing. Yes. So seeing oh that she got gosh. trapped, I want to run over to where the, the squirrel is. Sure. You run over? Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna grab it. Sure. I'm, I'm, as I'm doing this, looking for traps on the ground. Sure, give me a perception check with disadvantage as you kind of ran quickly over to get it. Gosh, I don't even know I'm rolling again. I th- oh, wow, three both times. Three, you definitely don't notice anything. You don't step in anything right now, but you, you don't see any other traps. You know, and there so might I, be other ones there you don't know. The, to- the, grand, the grass is very very much obscuring the ground. Okay, so now that I have the squirrel... Yep, and it's kind of... <laughs> and it's getting up out of the cave, and it's kind of moving and looking around. On the, and on the ground. And she gets down, and you're under the grass, but there's sort of like a little jingling of the, of the, the chain, chain as it kind of moves. Okay. And you're both kind of listening, and it sounds like it's moving. And as it's moving... You hear another kind of jingling, and it seems like maybe one of its feet is was in a trap, and it yanked itself free. So it has a trap, but a loose chain kind of on the end. And as it's moving, it kind of the chain's rattling, and it and it's looking around. What are you doing? Can I say something, Yes. I hate to say it, but. You might need to use your arrow against the bear. Yeah. And it kind of comes around the corner, and it looks up a little bit to where you guys are. And it kind of roars out, and it sees kind of the, the glint of the chain, and sort of knowing the threat of that chain that it kind of oh. passed through on its own, it starts to go towards Bazaar. I need both of you to roll initiative. Oh, guys. But, but you have a moment here if you wanted to... We'll say because it took a second for it to turn around. Do you want to attack? Do you want to? What do you want to do right before the combat starts? Eat the squirrel <laughs> as a man in dominance. Oh, wow. <laughs> I do want wanted to, to try to distract it with. The, oh, you did. Do you want to throw? I mean, what do you want to do in the, before I, combat starts? What do you? The, want to do? I wanted to kind of like, like hold it out and like try to see if it can see that I have a thing, right? Um, it doesn't. It charges towards the square. <laughs> <laughs> Roll initiative for oh, me. Oh my god. 14. Four, uh, uh, you like seven. this? Are you yeah. going to bring on a full-size bear, too? Yeah. A live bear. Yeah, you good? You need a hand? Fuzzy. Okay. Oh my god. I'm gonna oh my get god. Not enough candy in the world right now, guys. We're good. Okay. I'm going to get eaten. No. <laughs> We're stressed here. Do you need room? No, I'm very long. Is it? Is it? Is it time? <laughs> Everyone, Everyone take a turn. Let's go to fight. This robe. Great, yeah, great success. Great success. Great success. Yeah, add a little bit to this in a second. So this oh. is the cave. Oh. Um, 
We're still above the cave, right? Yeah, you're kind of on the hill, yep, up and above. I'm gonna add a little bit of stuff to it here. So there's, it goes out like this. Oh no, it goes out like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And then like this. This Look is wild. At all these toys. Yes, I, I love, love toys. these toys. <laughs> okay. Second. Give him some time, man. Uh, yeah. Give him time. <laughs> there is no time. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's just You're a bear. To see. Take a wolfie. So know, this was Understood. you up above, right? And oh. this was in there was oh, the bear cool. cave. Cool. I see. Um, and there's like another rock formation kind of there. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you got undressed too? Uh, it's time. It's time for great success. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you guys. I don't have Where all the go? terrain mapped out. I'm really hot. Take it off. No. <laughs> okay. There's a bear. You do notice that he looks kind of already a little injured oh, from the fall. I feel bad about this. Kill it. So Just shoot it. Kill oh it immediately. Sad bear. I'm flailing it if I can. I I love animals, but I don't want to die. <laughs> So you guys are up on the hill a little bit, but there's, you know, I don't have the thing for that, and you guys are kind of Jeez, guys. And Bazaar is still currently clamped in the uh, trap. Hey guys, brown lie down, black attack. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, do yeah. we have... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brown, there's two lie down, play dead. Yeah, do we have initiative? Oh, yes. I, I forgot to use... For when more people show up? Don't, oh don't I don't need any bear family. What? What about all those people? I don't, want the, a bear. Uh, I don't need a bear family. <laughs> Isn't a mother? All right. Man? What's the initiative here? I have fourteen. Okay. Sapphira. Uh, seven. <clears throat> I always forget to add my initiative monitor. And the that. bear is seventeen. What? Oh oh he's gonna eat me, and I'm still gonna move over. Let me that shield. Uh, uh, I'm very tiny. I, I, uh, it's okay. Cool. I now I want to lie down and play dead. <laughs> It's a little late for that. <laughs> I regret my decision. I could still do it on my turn. It's just a, That's true. Then you're prone. Oh. Yes, I would be that. Fire breathing probably would have been great right now. Oh, right. Stop fire breath? No. no. Uh, Stop fire That was yesterday, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bro. Bruh. Bruh. Fire right. out, fire. man. Fire. Go right ahead. Don't let me stop you. All right. <clears throat> so, the brown bear, sort of immediately seeing the glinting of the metal. <laughs> <laughs> Charges towards Bazaar. Oh, yeah. And he's going to make. He sort of goes in for a bite and then right after that swings his big paw around. So he's going to make a multi attack here. Uh, natural one on that first one. 22 to hit on that second one. Oh! As, so you, it goes in for like a gnash and duck out of the way, but then the kind of claw comes around and catches you across. No. And you take uh, eight slashing damage. Oh, gosh. As it kind of catches you on the side. Okay. That's a lot. Um, great, and that's it. Okay. That's it. And I'm in this thing. You're currently in the trap. Yeah, I mean, he's close enough that you can attack him, but it, it limits you to 10 feet from where you are without breaking out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm. he's right there, though. Yes. And I, it's just my foot, so I can flail him. Yep. So I'm just going to grab it and go for it. Right, you take the hit, you take your flail out and swing it around, make an attack roll. That's not good. Six. Six misses. Great. So you swing it, and it kind of backs up, slides across the dirt a little bit, kicks up a bunch of dust as it does so. Anything else? 
Um, I mean, what am I gonna do? Oh, we finish this in record time. I is is the trap like? Am I able to? Yes, that takes an action to try and uh, to to release yourself from the trap. So I guess. Oh, it takes an action. Yes. So I guess I could do. uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I could do an action surge. No, that's an extra attack. Never mind. Sorry. Oh yeah, is is it just an attack? I thought it was any kind of action. Maybe Um, maybe just an attack. Uh, you can do oh yeah, I, yeah, I think it. it could be any kind of. Action. Yeah, so I'm gonna do that because I gotta get out of this thing. Okay. So I'm gonna try to just rip it off my foot. Great. So you sort of surge of energy, reach down, pull it. Give me a strength. Uh, I think it's just a straight strength check. Let me look that up though. Uh, yeah, just straight strength check. Um, strength. Oh, sorry. Big modifier, right? Uh, the big one. Yep. Um, 20. Great. So you swing the flail, and it does have to duck out of the way, and you take that opportunity to quickly reach down, and you... And it comes apart. It seems like it's kind of rusted, and it kind of pulls apart, and you see, like, a spring kind of go flying. You do get yourself out of it. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you still have movement, or... Um... I'll... I'll take... It will get an attack of opportunity if you if you move out of its oh, range. Oh, yeah. Uh, then I'll just stay. Great. I don't want to. Okay. Warface. Swiped again. Uh, Safira. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... Oh, Christ. I regret all of my decisions. Okay. I'm going to... Lie down. <laughs> I'm no, going to play it. Get the heck out. Swipe it bizarre. So I'm gonna take. Can I? I can take my animus bow right now that I've. I've been yeah, you had your other bow out longbow. earlier when you shot. Presumably, you put that bow back yeah. on your back when you went to and go I get the squirrel. So you can pull out whatever weapon you want. Okay, right so now. I'm gonna take my, like my, taboos recurve. Sure. And I'm gonna fire it. Make Wolf versus bear. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get him to do. Oh. You never listen to me. It's the same no modifier. Too. It's the same hit yeah. modifier, yeah. 18 to hit. 18 hits, roll nice. the damage. Wolfen. Wolfen. forget. We already asked if wolves can communicate with other animals. We did ask. Oh. And we were disappointed. And we were <laughs> <laughs> very disappointed we about the answer. Uh, 8 damage. Great, 8 oh, damage. Yeah. Nice. And I, you were activating Animus, yes? Yes. Great. Great. So, and again, you that sensation of like squeezing through the eye of a needle, and you come out on the other side, and immediately the fur kind of comes out above your arm. I'm you just standing there like, wolf. what yeah, the? Like right over <laughs> I think you've seen her do this before. Yeah, yeah. but you know, every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a surprise. Um, and uh, you can use your reaction to immediately make a bite attack. Yeah, I want to make a bite attack, and I want to try to as much as I can, like intimidate him. So I'm gonna to try to, sure, you know, like really try to. <laughs> Give me an attack roll first. That's we'll the least if, intimidating. Well, we'll see if it hits first. No, uh, it's the same plus to attack. What is it's it? It's not the same as your bow. It's, not. Uh, it's on the wolf card. Yeah, wild wolf form. Uh, oh, and you do have advantage on it. Uh, seven. I have advantage. The wolf has pack tactics, so if there's an ally next oh, to the enemy you're attacking, oh, you get advantage on the roll. 12 to hit. 12 hits. Nice. Great. Yeah, bears, these bears don't have armor, but it's... Yes. Some bears. These these think this is go yeah. compass? Um, yeah. 10. 10 yeah. damage. Wow. That includes um, no. Colossus Lair? It does not. Come on. It does not. <laughs> 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 what is that? She could bite all the way in, but she's like, 
Mm. <laughs> like a little nibble. This is the same take a little yeah. Uh, 12. And I, it, damage. Two extra damage yeah. on top. Great. Great to sink the teeth sink in. Give me an intimidation check now that you've made a successful attack. I'm just watching okay. all of this happen. Uh, 14. 14. It kind of, you, it sinks in and it does seem like it flinches kind of its paw away and it looks around and it looks like it considers running for a second but it deems the threat kind of too oh. great in front of it. Uh, seems like it's holding its ground at the moment. Dumb bear. Dumb bear. All right, you done? All right. Yeah. All right, it's bear. Great. So the bear sort of pulls its paw out of the way and sort of rips it free from the wolf, and immediately, like seeing the other animal now, goes in Gosh. and sort of swings at the uh, at the wolf. Okay. Uh, first, the bite attack. Uh, Twenty-one to hit. Twenty-one really yep. hits. <laughs> um, you take uh, seven piercing oh. damage. Ooh, that's definitely spicy. So doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it doesn't affect Yeah, so, yeah. and then after that, a claw attack. Uh, yes, it is. Ten to hit. Ten misses. Great, so after the bite, it kind of goes in with the claw, swings over the top of the wolf. Great. Uh, that's it. All right, BZ. All right, now that I'm free, you I got free. full range with the flail. I'm just gonna go in for it again and actually get him. Great, make an attack on I think. Yes, 14. 14 hits for damage. Yes. 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 I guess. Actually, that was a lie. It was 16, but it's fine. I added two instead of four. Um, damage. 10, 10, 10. This guy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, let see it. No, that's, that's eight. eight. This right. is 10. Yeah. Oh, no. That's the one I needed. I needed eight. Oh. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Only three. Three damage. Okay. You swing and it kind of, it backs up a little bit and you see like a little bit of the fur kind of goes flying yeah. as you kind of clip it on the edge Aww, of its head. Oh, <laughs> uh, Great. Great. <laughs> anything else? Uh, Superiority dice. Anything of the sort? Nah. Okay. All right, Sephira. Sephira. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to take another gnash at him. Great. With advantage. Smash him. That's so cool. Uh... Eleven. Eleven hits. Roll for damage. Noise. <laughs> Killing him. Plus Colossus. Yeah, plus Colossus. Fourteen. Yes. Oh, no, I feel really bad. <laughs> it's, uh, come on, this is kill it. Wait, this is no, no, this is yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you I just rolled, blow this dude up? <laughs> I rolled 14 before. Just give me the addition. I rolled 14, start, so let's man. see this one. Eight, eight more. 20. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. yes. Kill this bear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kill it. Kill him. Okay, so we gotta get out of here. She kind of gnashes in, and then realizing that it's dead, she kind of. Slowly releases her jaw. What? What a and sad like, kill game. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, me. I'll finish him off. Our I'll give him a bite. Exquisite. Thank you. Exquisite kill game. Oh. And bizarre, as I say, they're like, yes. And the bear kind of slumps to its side. And it kind of goes off. How long does uh, Animus last for? I was going to say, just how long do I thinking that. <laughs> um, how long do I take care of that? Uh, I don't know where it says how long it lasts. I think it's on there. It's rounds or... or um, I think it's 
think it might be on the bow on Tabula Curve. <clears throat> on the back side, maybe? Is there something on the way? That's like, I think I had it in there. Yes. Uh, oh, let me see if I can. Oh, ends? Okay, so while I end up at 30 seconds, so 30 five seconds. rounds. Yeah, uh, 30 seconds. Or until the wild drops his air So down. you're a wolf for the moment, but you know it doesn't okay. last much longer than that. So can she moment, hear me when I drop? She can hear you, yes. Yeah, she just can't, can't communicate to you. You can't understand what she's saying. <laughs> I knew that wolf would come in handy. Should we try to get down there? The sad wolf here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that was the most oh, amazing thing I've ever <laughs> I'm gonna kind of with my head down, I'm gonna kind of sniff at the ground and try to kind of pad down towards where the cliff is. Now. Sure, give me a perception check. It's this is a smell based one, so you get advantage on that. Yeah, you um, do. Give me a perception check as well, not with advantage. <laughs> not with advantage. I don't have a good nose. Here rolls, girl. Damn, 19. 19. So you're kind of this is perception around. or uh, Yeah, perception. Uh, uh, sorry, eight. Eight. So, okay, so Bizarra kind of waits there. She watches Sephira. And it does seem like, in addition to the kind of bear smell in the area, it does smell like other animals have come through here, that maybe this cave was kind of, because it's proximity to the water, it has a little protection, it's near the water, it seems like a number of animals have tried to take this spot or at least kind of mm. come through here. Mm-hmm. So you get kind of a bevy of smells, nothing that like, nothing dangerous that kind of catches your attention, okay. but it does smell like a lot of sort of animal activities passed. And can I hear anything around the, the where the wagon was? Give me a perception check, not with advantage, because it's not smell-based. Oh, not as good six. Six, yeah, you don't hear anything coming <laughs> no, from that okay. And at this point, you kind of, <laughs> and the fingers kind of come out of the claws, sit form back. Should we head on down? Yeah. Yeah, we should. Yeah. So we get to the edge of the yep. cliff. So you, yeah, you kind of came halfway down as you were fighting the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're down, finally teeth. down. Give me a perception check as you're walking through the grass. Terrible. Both of you. Both of Oh, God. 19. 19. Sarah and Sophia. And again, you hear that metal noise. Oh. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Are you joking? <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, come on. Y'all. Uh, eight. Eight. And once again, you hear it, and Bizarre hears it, and she turns. <laughs> and immediately, it catches on you. Um, yeah. You take four piercing damage. Can I just swiftly, like... Do I make a sound? Just, uh, give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, gosh. Don't make a sound. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. It's pretty similar. Again, like, you're able to muffle it, but there is a little, like... <laughs> Yelping noise. And I just kind of like Abbott and Costello quietly, <laughs> but like run over and just like put my hands on it and try again. Just to give me a strength, uh, just straight strength check. <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Fifteen. Fifteen. And once again, Bizarre sort of now knowing where the weak spots in the mechanism are, she sort of digs her fingers in and she sort of gives Sophia like a <laughs> <laughs> cracks it open. She sets you free. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, be careful. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. And at that point, I heard it from over here. Oh, no. There's a little bit of Come on. rustling. They're going to see a bear. Nothing. I don't know. Another animal attacked it. For fuck's sake, another animal did. We need to get into the cave now. Let's go. Stealth checks for both of you. Keep it with advantage because yeah. they're, still, they're still pretty far at this point. Natural 20. Oh, is that? No, no. That's five. Yeah. 
Twelve. Twelve. Okay, so you, the crew of you quickly scatter into the cave. There's a little bit of loose rock, but you kind of skitter your way in. And you can see, like immediately just as you're sort of getting your bearings as you're moving in, the cave has kind of an abandoned campsite atmosphere to it. There's sort of uh, grasses from the outside have started to creep in and blanket the ground, but there's a broken wooden stool kind of tipped over against one wall. And it looks like there's a loose circle of stones that have kind of been pushed and moved around. It looks like he would make a fire Fire. pit there, yeah, that he would, you know, at nighttime to keep warm. And in the back... There is a crate that looks like it's splintered, but mostly intact. It looks like maybe an animal kind of tried to chew their way in, but it doesn't look destroyed. You can see a crate in the back. So now you guys are like hiding here in the cave, and you see that as you look around. And you hear a little bit of... And it sounds like it's above you. Come on! I don't want to take any more time than I have to. Yeah, yeah, one second! And I just look at her, and I'm just like... And you wait, and you can hear the footsteps, and they start to disappear, and you can't hear anything. Let's check the crate. And I'm going to very quietly kind of walk over to the crate and, and check it to see, can I open it? You can, like, yeah, it, it seems like it's already partially kind of open just by the way it's quiet. kind of broken. I'm going to try to as quietly as I can open the crate. Right, and kind of... You're able to kind of slide it. It makes a little bit of sliding, but you guys are a little further down, away from the noise. And inside are eight pairs of gloves, mostly of a thick kind of leather construction. And they're long. They kind of reach to, if you were to put them on, at least like a human-sized arm, it would reach to like just below the elbow. And right at that point where it almost reaches the elbow, there's like a metal ring. And it looks like there's a number of notches in the metal ring. So it looks like it might slide up and connect to another piece of something mm. for like added protection. Like it has this like oh really gosh. sort of, I mean, you know, like a hazmaty kind of yeah, look yeah, to yeah. it. Yes. So it has these kind of metal rings right where the elbows are. And they, and they all seem, they're kind of dusty, they're covered in, in dirt and a little bit of grime, but they seem unused. Like the fingertips don't look like they're stained or smudged. Yeah, that they've been sort of used. They seem fairly new. Fairly if I kind of move through those, do I see the keys? Though? Both of you give me an investigation check. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, so I'm at the keys. 21. 21. 21. Not 21. <laughs> Five. So you sort of quickly take a moment. And you know that it's, you know, you've been told that something else is here, so you're, like, pressing through the dirt, you move some of the grass aside, and Sephira kind of moves a rock aside that's near one of the walls, and you find an iron loop, kind of half buried in the ground, with a set of keys on it. It looks like there's four of them. And they're definitely bigger than the ones bizarre. They're, they're kind of a brass material, but they look like full-size keys that would open, like, a door or a gate of some kind. And they don't have any kind of um, markings or insignia on them, but they do all seem the exact same. Like the little key part at the end, it seems to be four keys, you know, serving mm. the same purpose. They seem four mm. identical keys on this loop. That must be them. Yeah. I so, say, I, before we go any further, do you want to take the keys or I'll take the gloves? Um, yeah, I suppose actually, we should, should each take a pair of gloves, maybe we distribute them between ourselves. We have to give them to the group. I don't know. Right, I'm just saying we should just take what we need first, make sure we have it, and then 
finish looking around. Yeah. So I'll take four sets of gloves. You can take four. Yeah. Do you want to hold on to the keys or shall I? I can hold on to them. Okay. Alright, you gather up the stuff. Seems like you find all the things that you were notified about. Doesn't seem like you see anything else in here of, again, the rocks, the stool. It doesn't seem like there's anything else of note value that you can see. Okay. And it's not worth, I mean, we looked and there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you gave it a pretty good pat down. Again, it's small. Like, if the bear was in it, like, they couldn't even fit their whole body. It's this little carved down portion of the wall. A couple of nudie mags in the corner. (laughs) 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 It's a long trip. Yeah. I'd say, if we have what we need, we should try and make our way back. Yeah, we should. We might want to wait just a moment or two in case our friends are nearby. I'm hoping they found the bear and now they're headed in the other direction, but we don't know. (laughs) Headed in the other (laughs) direction! So I want to try to make my way quietly as stealthily as I can up the, up back from where I came. You guys exit the cave and start to move up. We're going to shift over to the other scene. Mm-hmm, 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 oh, mm-hmm. Which one? Which one? God, all together at this point. No, we're far away from you. Yeah, I guess. So. Where is everybody? Jillian, yeah. Graven. Okay. Wait. And I'm going to bring back, give me a second oh, to bring yeah. back. Oh, yeah. Poor man. Do you want a hand? No. Because okay. now I don't need it to, I can break all. Destroyed. Oh, destroyed the bad. Look at that angry fucking bear. Look how much like bigger he is than Bazaar. Really <laughs> <laughs> he really this could have probably eaten Oh, like a parking garage? Yeah. Where it like lifts up the car and yeah. another one. I just annihilated that. <laughs> yeah, you look at that bear. With your mouth. I know, I, I forget how much damage I can do. It's, it's, you forget. it's stupid. That was my first instinct. <laughs> my, why would you turn to it? I just didn't want to kill it. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to maul this bear non-lethally. Maul this? You know, it could... Go for the jugular, but I'd like to disembowel it non-lethally. Can we donate bear's organs? Can we? (laughs) Return to Graven and Jillian. Wait patiently. And the man starts to make his journey back. And Jillian sort of looks. And she looks at Graven. Are you with me, Graven? Yes. You look it. She goes back and he gets to the edge. And this time he doesn't really knock. He kind of looks like he looks up, kind of sees maybe the top of the supervisor's head, and just kind of turns around. Doesn't see. He doesn't think like he notifies him every doesn't time knock. he gets to the end. Yeah. Okay. And he turns around. I'm gonna take a quick look. Take a quick look at the second floor if I can see it. Oh, give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, hello. Uh, perception? 13. 13. Yeah, it does look, I mean, you're looking through the window, and because you kind of know exactly where to look, you were there when kind of Erlen described it to you, you does look like you can see the top of his head still there on the okay. second floor. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to kind of slowly take a few steps out towards the, yeah. swiftly, but. Sure. And again, the sound of the waterfall kind of fills the air around you. Get closer. Give me a stealth the, check. I got the oil in my hand. Yep. Give me a stealth check with advantage. Stealth. No one's sort of... <laughs> Hey, that's a good roll. Uh, Sixteen. All Great. Right. And now you get kind of to the last tree that's blocking, and you give a quick look, and then you start to move quickly. And now you now you're way out in the open. Out in the open. Yep. Okay. So you, you get over and sort of your feet hit the dock. Yep. What are you doing? Pop off the top of the oil, kind of 
throw it down into the boat. Uh, yep. And put my fingers, to my thumbs together, and aim. Kind of stand on the dock so that it definitely only shoots straight at the boat, sure. not at the dock. And um, burning hands. Great. Create a sheet of flame that shoots straight out. And there's a sort of torrent of flame. You don't and need to make an attack. Yes, as and soon as I see that it's caught onto the oil. Yep. So it, it sends out the flame, and at first it kind of hits the sides of the boat, and then you can see it when it connects with the oil, and it kind of. Yeah. Turn around. <laughs> Run back. Yep. Right. And you do so quickly. And you get kind of back behind cover. And you wait there with Jillian. And the boat. And you can see the smoke beginning to rise. And you guys begin to see the smoke rise. Okay. And there's sort of a, a moment, and nothing happens. Okay. And after a second, and you hear, just over the noise of the waterfall, the door open. It seems like it went down. Because you weren't sticking your head up over the water. So you see his head open. Or, sorry, so you hear the door open? You see his head open? <laughs> and you can you, you hear the door open, and you can hear, Oh, fuck! And he kind of runs back inside. You can hear him kind of run back inside, and it sounds like like a little bit of rummaging. And then he comes back out, and Graven and Jillian kind of an angle to see this. It seems like he was in, like, sort of a plain tunic, yeah. and he ran back inside, and he got, like, a hat and a jacket, <laughs> like his official uniform. It's like a tri-corner hat and kind of a brown duster okay. that he's, like, buttoning quickly, and he's putting his hat on, and he's kind of running over to the dock. And at first, he's trying to wave down kind of the other guy, but he's walking in the other direction, and the, he's right next to the waterfall, yeah. so there's no way to kind of get his attention, so he immediately goes over to the dock, and he starts to, kunkunk, he gets to the dock, and he starts to kind of untie the thing to try and like get the boat away from the other boat. So what are you guys doing at this moment? Okay, so he ran out right next to Orb. I'm gonna say, do we wait for the? We can't see the battlement, can we? Uh, if we like post, the, or what's it called, the catwalk. The catwalk. You can see parts of it. You can't see like the closest portion. Okay, of it. yeah, you can see so, a lot of it. Uh, hearing him leave, we're gonna wait a second. And Merlin's going to poke his head up and try yep. and look at the catwalk to see if he can see the guy. You can. He's still walking in the other direction. And he doesn't he seem he to does not seem like he has heard. I mean, it's loud there right next to the waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we sort of hop over and run in. Give me stealth checks with advantage. Mm. <laughs> uh, 19. Nine. Nine. <laughs> and at one point, Orba kind of stumbles and gets on all fours, and she kind of looks around, and it looks like the guy is kind of trying to kick the boat, like, further into the lake a little bit while it's still attached to one rope, and it looks like he's about to turn to kind of try and signal to the guy again that's on the catwalk, and he turns. What are you doing in this Orba's moment? Orba's gonna, like, crawl. If she fell, like, onto all fours, she's gonna, like, animal walk. Crawls, and the two, so this guy kind of went over here to the boats. Erlen's, like, inside with the door open. Yep, you sort of just went in through the door, <laughs> and Orba kind of army crawls her way over... And she gets in through the door. Did the guy leave the door open or was it closed? It was open when you got there. Great, so we're going to leave it open. Great. Um, look around the room quickly. Hi, um, So, again, you saw a lot of it from yeah. the outside. Storage, you see crates. It's something that you couldn't see from the outside. There does appear to like be like a little kitchen area in the back. It's kind of a table, chairs. It looks like there's kind of a stone stovetop with a metal grate. And other than that, again, hammers, pieces of equipment, you know, Great. things like that. doesn't seem like anything um, that catches your eye. Going to signal Orba and we're going to Quickly and quietly move up the stairs. Quickly and quietly move up the stairs to the second floor. Great. Uh, as we get to the door, I want to like peek just in case someone else is there. 
get to the door. Which door? Oh, is there not a door at the there top is of the not, stairs? No. Okay, so we're just going to yeah, quietly move up. Give me stealth checks. And also trying to, I know there's the waterfall, but trying to hear if other anyone else might be walking around. Yeah, I mean, you cannot hear that. Not with advantage there, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry, the first one was uh, 17, anyways. 17, great. So you two of you kind of tip up, and you take a quick peek. Looks like nobody else is up here. Is there anything in this room? Uh, uh, there's a window, yeah? yeah? There's a number of windows. There's windows on all sides, yeah. Okay. So I can describe. So you get up to the second floor, and it looks like, again, you got the impression of this a little bit, but it's been set up as kind of an office. There's a large desk with a number of papers on it. There's a small bookshelf and some kind of animal fur rug on the ground. There's another small table set up with two chairs near the far window, so the back window that you couldn't see when you were sort of peering into it. And it looks like you can see a number of kind of games items. It looks like a deck of cards, some dice. There's a, a sort of cheap wooden chess set. There's uh, some checkers pieces. You get the impression that there's a decent amount of time to kill when you're yeah. in this sort of super... So he's got this little area where he's kind of set up a number of things. It looks like there's a little piece of parchment also with some writing on it, sort of at that small desk okay. over near the games. Um, um, that's what you see. So, quietly to Aura, I'm going to say, keep a lookout. I'm going to look around quickly here, and then we'll go back. Yes, don't take anything, though. Of course, yes. Um, so... Um, so you're watching the staircase? Yes. Right? And make an investigation check for me. So Graven and Jillian kind of watching. Yeah. It seems like he, he reached into the other boat and he pulled out a wooden bucket and he's trying to kind of quell <laughs> it a little bit, but it's not doing, it's a, not lot. doing a lot. And it seems like at some point he, he's thinking about like giving up a little bit and he takes uh, the oar from the other boat and he starts to like try and like break it and mm-hmm. basically just get it to sink so it doesn't mm-hmm. catch the dock and the other boat on fire. He's right. kind of like... <laughs> And you can hear him kind of fucking, fucking. <laughs> can I? Um, so we're still, I mean, pretty close to where you're probably is. like 60, 70 feet 60 away from it. Okay. Um, should we try to get to that first floor and see if we can steal something like an outfit, or do you, should we just stay out here? I don't want to risk taking anything and make them know that somebody came through here. Okay. The fire's already a little suspicious. All right. You're right. Maybe we can just get a little bit closer. Mm. And Jillian kind of waits for a moment, and he goes in for another smash, and the two of you, give me a stealth check with advantage. I'll stealth check. Yeah, I, I, I mean... 19. 19, oh, great. Nice. So you and Jillian... Uh, yes, you basically make so your way up to... Seriously, no. You guys make your way up to this kind of area. There's a Goliath squatting by the side of the road. It's a Goliath squatting by the side of the road. Look at that squatting Goliath. So Erlen, oh, a good time. Second floor, looking oh, around. That was only about a week time. ago. Yeah. Staircase. So Erlen checks 21. around. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. <laughs> Where's the first place 21. you look? There's sort of the desk. There's the bookshelves and the little games area over to the side. Where you um, uh, the first thing. Oh man, that desk that he was at was by the yes. window. So uh, the, no, he was not at the games desk. No, the, his, oh, yes. the, his working yes, desk was by the window. Desk. That's yep. the first place I'm going right. to look. So you head over to the desk. And there appear to be a number of blueprints on the desk. At first, kind of outlining structures that you're already aware of. It looks like this building, the the building on the other side. You can see that it's kind of one floor, and there's a little thing marked on it that looks like kind of a ladder symbol or something that seems like it's headed down, as Jillian kind of told you. Oh, on the other... Yeah, the other building. And there's sort of a diagram of the catwalk. You can see kind of the mechanisms of the sliding wood panels that move up and down. But in addition to that, there does appear to be a couple papers that seem to have the basic look of plans to add additional structures somewhere around the lake. There's kind of a diagram of the lake, mm. and you can see where the two structures are that you're near. Yeah. And then on the other end of the lake, it seems like, there's no detail, but it seems like there's kind of rectangles and outlines and things that 
maybe plans to add additional structures at some point. Okay. So you see that on the desk, and that's what he was seemed to be working on at the moment. Okay, if that's by the window, can I take a look out to see if the guy's still kicking He away? seems to be still dealing with it at the moment, yeah. Okay, uh, can I see where the guy's doing over there? Uh, yeah, so you kind of run over and peek out the window slightly, and it seems like he's just about to make the turn. Alright, we're gonna get away from that window, sure. um, and yeah. let's go... Uh, I guess getting away from that window, can I... The bookshelf you said is by the rug? The bookshelf was kind of near the desk that you were just at. Yeah, it's okay. pretty close by. Great, let's just take a look through the bookshelf. Great, give me uh, an investigation check. <laughs> you're quickly flipping through some of these books. Well, That's now one. Now one. So it, it looks like it's almost entirely logs. I mean, you take one out and you kind of flip through it really quick. There's sort of names and times of when soldiers were assigned to maybe watch the catwalk, come up and check, make their everything. There doesn't seem to be any like works of fiction or anything like that. It's just purely sort of okay. academic, or not even academic, sort of clerical laws. Um, for safety here, Erlen's going to drop down to the floor, mm-hmm. uh, hope, hoping that that guy won't see him. Yep. And going to go over to the rug... Sort of see what kind of animal it is, and maybe even look under it a little bit. Uh, it, it seems like it might be kind of like a, a leopard fur. Okay. And you uh, pick it up, and there's just wood underneath. There's nothing underneath. Okay. And so we're gonna shimmy. If I go over to that other games table, sure. is that's that in view of the window that that guy would be? No, that's the far window. So that's like over okay, there. Great. So now let's check out the games table. Great. So you go over to the table. Seven chess pieces. And near the sort of table where there is sort of a basic mundane chess set, there is a piece of parchment there that you spotted very quickly when you came up the stairs. And it looks like the supervisor has been attempting to invent some games of his own to ail his boredom. There's a number of things kind of written on the thing and some of them are crossed out. It says like solo poker crossed out, scribble. (laughs) Another one called chess toss and another one called window sand. And it seems like he started to write the rules to these made up games kind of on the table. Uh, No fancy chess pieces. No. Lonely man's pickles. Okay. Uh, and nothing else in the room seems... Like... Window sand's very hot in Andy's Window sand? Uh, okay, so nothing else in the room to sort of check out? Around. So, gonna signal Orba now. I also want to leave everything exactly as Sure, yeah. Um, signal Orba to, like, come upstairs, but, like, quietly. Okay. Everywhere. And now, uh, Graven and Jillian kind of peeking very through some of the cracks and just up over the edge. You can see that the man has made the turn and now he's seen the flames and you can see him kind of rushing <laughs> over. So he's running in your direction to kind of help. And the, he seems to still be dealing with the boat at the moment. He's still kind of trying to break it up or get it to not, you know, set the dock up. Poor guy. So you guys head up to the third floor. Yep. Uh, again, quietly, in case anyone's in there. Give me stealth checks. Nat 20, baby! 22. Wow. Orba floats up the yeah. <laughs> So you guys do it very quietly, silly, and again, it's hard to get sound because of the sound of the, of the uh, waterfall, but you don't hear anything, and you peek up, and you don't see anything. So in addition, the third floor, significantly smaller than the first two, because it looks like there's a door leading out to a kind of roof deck. So actually, from like... I don't really have something anymore. From like here over is actually uncovered. It's outside. Okay. So this portion here is room, and this is like a roof deck. Is that the sort of patio that we saw from outside? So yes. Yeah. So there's like an outdoor patio, and then it does kind of loop around on two sides. Oh, okay. Oh, and that would be those two sides. There. This side and that side. Great. This great, one great. does not have a balcony on that back side. And the patio. What kind of a railing does it have? Is it see-through in any way? Like yeah. It, it looks like it looks like a wooden banister with some. Okay. Sort of, so yes. There's you could duck under it to hide. Right. And is there a window looking out onto this sort of uh, roof deck? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So you see that, that it's you know significantly smaller with the kind of railing. Mm-hmm. And the cramped indoor space is a very bare-bones living quarters. You can see a wooden bed frame with a lumpy-looking mattress. It is raised off of the floor. It's not lying on the floor. Good, Good to know. <laughs> there's a wardrobe. Nice. There is a bedside table, and it looks like there's a trunk that has a lock on it. Oh. And there's some things around the room. There's an unlit lantern. There's an empty mug kind of resting on the trunk. There's some personal effects around the room. It looks like there's a small framed portrait of a young woman. There's a worn shield that's kind of hanging on the wall. It looks like it has a tiger logo. It looks like it's been used. It does not, that symbol doesn't mean anything to either of you, but it seems like, you know, maybe at one point he served in some kind of capacity. It's sort of an old relic or something. Mm-hmm. You don't recognize the woman in the photograph? You do not recognize the woman in the photograph. And there's like a pair of slippers that seem to be inlaid with wool. Again, this guy's kind of tried to make the best of this lonely sort of sitting out here in the middle of nowhere situation. That's what you see when you get up here. Well, I see some hiding places. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, 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 can I go over and open the wardrobe yes, to see yes, how filled yes, yes. it is? You can. So you open it up, and you could get inside. It's a very tight squeeze. It looks like all that's inside is a couple spare pairs of trousers, and it does look like he has a spare one of his jackets that he had, like a brown kind of duster jacket, mm-hmm. and two spare tri-corner hats that are kind of up in a little compartment at the top. Okay. So he has some like duplicates of his uniform. Under the bed as well, and... In a real pinch, we could step out of the roof deck, probably. Yes, I'm wondering if we could even reach up and grab onto the roof and go up onto the roof. I think... Yeah, yes, I think. Hopefully... Hopefully we won't have to do any climbing. Okay. You good? Yes. Okay. I think so. Um, and so in the outside, Graven and Jillian are kind of looking up, and you, they can see, like, Erland and, and Orba kind of dart across the windowsills a couple times just as they move around. So, okay, so we got... Can we tell from where we are now where the window looking into the Mykonid camp would be? So the waterfall's that way, so it yeah, would be, be that way. way. Yeah. There's um, a window here, and then there's also a balcony on that end. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Was I'm that gonna, out in the hallway? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> Roland's going to so drop a plate. <laughs> and you fail your yeah. <laughs> He's dealing with the like, boat, and he's like, yeah. stop doing <laughs> um, My mother's chair now. Okay, so... First shift of watching. Would you like to and I'll take the surroundings? Yes. Um, take a look around the room a little bit as well. While you watch the camp? Yes, I think so. <laughs> so Erlen sort of heads over to the, the window, to the window the camp. kind of peeks out, and Orba's kind of moving a few things around the room, and that's where we're going to end. Oh, no! Oh, yeah! yeah! I can't! I want to know what the camp looks like! It's only ten! Before we know what the camp looks like! We're going to see the camp! You guys! Jesus! I want to see the camp! What a crash landing! So... Mission pretty much accomplished? Yeah. Yeah. yeah! On our end? No, no, I mean yeah, yeah. Jillian's thing. Getting you to the top floor and them getting yeah, the thing. scout. Oh, right. I used Animus already. Nicely done. Oh. That comes back to a short rest, though, not a long rest. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hush. Yeah, come on. You might have time to short rest if you're already dead. I've already used well, one-sixth of my magical abilities. <laughs> oh. You like, I just want a description of the camp. So before we get into the camp itself, oh my god, I have to wait another freaking week. Thank you. That was guys. enough to level up, right? That was enough <laughs> success. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. Everyone in the chat, yeah. if you want to, <laughs> want to get us to level four. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 man, it's like shit. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us, as always. Such tonight. a pleasure. Yeah. The chat's so nice. active. I'm yeah. keeping an eye, but um, yeah, it's been great. Please come chat, hang out. Jade, we'll you did a lot of bits tonight. Thank you, buddy. Oh, that was yeah, nice. thank you so, so much. Like every twenty we rolled. Yeah, every twenty. <laughs> was a lot. There was a lot, there was a lot of twenties, man. Just <laughs> see that bear died for a good cause. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So thank you so much. And again, anybody who qualifies for the guest book, please uh, familiarize yourself. Uh, submit us. Yeah. Look at the little description below the video. It talks about the guest book. You'll see it play at the end of the stream. Um, we'll pick it up next week here, same time, seven o'clock wow. Sunday. And we will scout this that can't can't scout. That <laughs> and the curtain goes aside, <laughs> and everyone in the camp is high on my Oh, like a Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next week. Oh, see you next week. Oh, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, spread the love. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Peek Beneath the Veil on Tabletop Notch. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend or leave us a nice review on the podcast app of your choice? There is always room in our party for more adventurers, despite what Kuzni may think. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and as my friends the Ackley Elves like to say, your presence is a gift. 